Kingdom Podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica, and I am Chris Eaton. One hundred episodes, Jessica. We finally made it. Yes, it has been such a journey, and I can't believe it's been so many years. It's been nine almost. Do you realize that? Oh my gosh! Then we can have like a decade, a ten anniversary episode, yes, as as those who watch New Girl would know. <laughs> Jessica sneaking in the new girl references early on. And we, yes. <laughs> yes. We do it. So it is episode 100. Uh, welcome, everyone. It has been a little bit of a, a little while. It's been a little while. Uh, not for nothing, but, you know, it's there's there's been a little thing called a, uh, a pandemic that's been kind of winded down. And uh, life goes on as it normally does around here. Both Jessica and I have had um, a lot on our plates. So unfortunately, it has meant that this, which isn't as important as those life events, had to be put to the side. But now, things have sorted out. Things are better. And we are back. This is the start of what I would call Kaiju Kingdom Podcast 2.0. Uh, as you heard, there's a brand new theme song. There is uh, going to be... There's finally web content of uh, on our YouTube page. And we got a lot of cool stuff lined up in the next uh, few months. So for those who have been asking, hey, what, where have you guys been? We are back. We're here. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for you know, for waiting. We know you've been very patient. And uh, we hope that we could bring you a lot more fun and joy in the next couple of years. So It's our phase two. Yes. So <laughs> part, of the, part of the downtime has been me trying to build a better show, build a better website, uh, make content for the YouTube page. It, it all takes time and money. And uh, a, lot, a couple of those things have been uh, allocated to other things uh, in the last few months um, between work and life. So uh, we're now in a spot where we can finally deliver on a lot of things. I keep saying we're going to deliver on, but we're actually there. So thank you, everyone. And uh, for those who've been here with us from day one, it, you made it to you made it with us to 100 episodes. And uh, today we got we got some we got a couple things. We we were trying to figure out what we want to do for our 100th episode. We were talking a few things, um, but then something happened, and I felt the show would be better dedicated to this topic. So what we're going to do with this episode, Jessica and I are going to talk, actually Jessica more, for once, Jessica's going to talk more than me. Uh, I know, it's weird, very, very, oh, it's, it's, it, I know, it's, it, it, is it raining in hell? No, it's not. And then <laughs> we have a very special guest, first time on the show, 
uh, Miss Linda Miller will be uh, joining us after Jessica and I segment, and then Jessica will be back to wrap up things. Um, but it, with that, the thing we wanted to talk about, uh, I think it's been what almost a month now at this point, Jessica. Yes, it is. It is a month as we record this. Um, about a month since his birthday. Okay. What would it? Yeah. So and his passing too, right? And a little over a month and a half from his passing, but I, I want to think of something happier. So the birthday. Of so <laughs> but yes. Probably like, wait, what are they talking about? So. We're but his passing came before his birthday. Yes, his passing yes. came before his birthday. Um, so we're going to dedicate this episode to the late great Akira Takarada. Um, I've only got to meet him a handful of times and, you know, just the pleasantry of giving to meet him, have him sign a few things. Um, Linda actually worked with the man. And so that was part of the reason why she was kind enough to come on and, uh, talk about him. But as you'll hear, there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more with that interview too, which is fantastic. It's uh, oh, Linda Miller is an absolute joy, and you're going to love this interview. Uh, on that note, Jessica, though, you have war- you you've you've got to know uh, uh, Takarada a lot better than many of us did, and I want to turn the floor to you because I know you have a few stories, and you 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 have a much more personal connection than a lot of us do so i'm going to hand the the mic off to you yes so you know one of the things i understand that as a you know chris i think we've all interacted with him as a fan Mm -hmm. of his and everyone has only ever had nothing but wonderful things to say extremely pleasant experiences he was always very happy like truly grateful to be there and Mm -hmm. it wasn't because he had to be there for his work. Like you can't see our eyes right now, but it's a podcast, but you get it right. There are definitely some talents there you see, and you're like, they don't, they don't want to be here. They, yeah. they may not be. Yeah. They may not be outwardly grumpy, mm. but you can see it in their eyes and their demeanor that the smile is fake and their eyes are giving you dead eyes, just goldfish or, eyes. But, or, not, or you meet a per particular director who didn't have a good travel to said show and when you get a, your picture with him uh he looks like he's like this is the furthest place i want to be right now exactly or yeah. they don't like or the talent doesn't like being known for that particular role or franchise but yet yeah. keeps being invited back to that yeah. particular fandom let's say uh mm-hmm. however akira takarada san was not one of those people and one of the major things that I have noticed about him, you know, being able to interact with him a little bit more on a pers- professional level was he truly cared about you and made it feel like you are the center of his world, almost as if you were part of his family. So while a lot of us, when we interact with talent, we tend to ask about them or talk about them. And sometimes there are definitely pleasantries that are exchanged. You know, I know that when you do a signing or you meet someone outside of a restaurant, they'll ask like, tell me about yourself, where you're from, you know, what do you do? And that, I think that is already going above and beyond. But Akira Takarada-san, he goes not just for that, but kind of deep into Hubble telescope space, above and beyond. 
where oh, yeah. not only does he ask you, he remembers every single person. And then he asks you, and sometimes he'll follow up because he'll remember a previous time that he has met you, if that makes sense. So if you mm -hmm. said you wanted to be a cinematographer and somehow you met up with him, I don't know, six months, one year later, he somehow remembers your face and then will ask, how is cinematography going? Did you start with that school? Mm -hmm. It is definitely a type of, it cannot be taught. It is something whether you have or you don't have. And then he'll go beyond that. And if you said, I want to be a cinematographer, he'll then ask, well, what movies do you like? Or who are your favorite cinematographers? What school do you want to go to? He is actually invested in your life with the right amount. And I will say eye contact, because I know that some people eye contact is very different, but he's actually looking at you and asking. He's not asking while kind of looking at the door to exit, which, you know, you've seen those type of talents who just, they're just asking to ask. But they they kind of want to get out of there. Yeah. He is not one of those people. He truly deeply cared about you and you were the center of his world. So the fact is for a lot of us, when we meet our heroes or the talents we love or, you know, anybody else or a celebrity, as you would like to say, or uh, I know in certain countries, idol, mm -hmm. that memory is very important to you. But as soon as that talent leaves, they are not going to remember who you are. It's just a moment in their day and they kind of move on. I don't think it's for all talents, but for many, you are just someone that they interacted with. However, to him, you made memories for him as well, which I felt was so, so, so important because you meant something to him. And so you created memories for his life because he also knows and has a deep appreciation that people and family and fans and everyone are the ones who love him and support him and go beyond that. Because that type of personality you often see stops at the top. It actually transfers down to Tetsuya Takarada-san and Maki Takarada-san, who are his son and daughter-in-law or daughter, to be more respectful, uh, daughter-in-law. So those two carry on his same type of personality, which is extremely loving and hospitable. So when you meet them, it's as if you knew them already for many years and you guys were very, very close friends. There are some people that you meet and you can tell they're just, the, you know, part of the family. Like my dad is this, or like you're here to sign to my mom. So nice to meet you. Great. Because it's not unheard of to have family help you out at a booth or travel with you. But honestly, it's just meeting somebody, you know, just like not entourage, but just meeting the significant other or a family. But when you meet Maki and Tetsuya, you actually feel like you've known them for many years and they're extremely loving and kind and open, generous people who are exactly like Akira, you know, and that type of personality and trait doesn't always transfer in multiple generations. So that's something that they had to be, I think it's not only in them, because, you know, obviously, but also it's something that you learn and you reflect from your elders. And it was really interesting because 
uh, for those who have, I believe they followed a few years ago, we went to the 60th anniversary of Godzilla in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, I went with TJ Storm and also Sam Kushal. Was it, who was it, it the 60 or 65th? Uh, 60, 60, oh my gosh, my, my mind is all <laughs> into I, I will, this. Just because of clar clarification, 60 was 2014, so we're pushing eight years. 65th, all right, just, just right, keeping the timeline clear here, that's all. Oh, I know, I know, I apologize. So I no, was no, just right. kind of like, I had <laughs> spoken. Um, Yes, it's the 65th, because it was in 2019, shortly before a beautiful pandemic. Uh, beautiful in terms of, you guys sense my sarcasm in my tone. Uh, <laughs> yes, 65th anniversary. I'm sorry, not 60th. So we had went in 2019 on November, because it was the first weekend of November. So it was TJ Storm who portrays Legendary's Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And we went there to pretty much just pay homage because TJ is someone who's extremely respectful and he knows not only the respect, but where you are now could not necessarily happen if not for the people who pioneered it before you. So in this case, Haruo Nakajima-san, right? We were able to meet up mm -hmm. with Sonoe-san as well, his daughter. However, you know, he unfortunately had already passed by the time the 65th had happened. But the also the other people that were there from Toho was Akira, Takarada-san, and Tetsuya-san, and Maki, and Maki-san. And they collectively were absolutely amazing. And we were able to do a tour of Toho Studios. And also, which is very private, and you need to have all these clearances and permission. So it was a huge honor that we actually didn't see coming because we were going to quietly go like in and out. Mm -hmm. We were just going to do some small social media <laughs> updates, you know, maybe mm -hmm. mostly spending our time in Tokyo. Also because we mm -hmm. want to be respectful. We're not there to stomp on anybody else's <laughs> parade. Stomp, right? Like Godzilla. Yeah. We're not pun trying intended. to go through, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we just want to go because we do love Tokyo and we wanted to say hi to friends that we knew or people we never got a chance to meet but only ever spoke to online. And the mm -hmm. stars aligned and it also happened to be the weekend. You know, and we wanted to just kind of film certain things to put together, mostly for TJ, maybe TJ's fans and our memories. We were not going to, you know, hashtag Toho, right? Or tag because mm -hmm. it was not really anything official we were there to pay homage to the amazing japanese studio and the people who brought it because tj goes i wouldn't have a job like i wouldn't have pioneered my way if not mm -hmm. you know for the actual pioneers like there was no way i could have done this like i wouldn't have been first to start this right mm -hmm. so and nobody else would have and we were able to be there but you know tj is also like over six feet tall and <laughs> very easy to spot for those who know what he looks like so he mm -hmm. definitely drew a crowd. Uh, plus, everybody knows what Akira-san looks like and what Sonoe-san might look like if you're really deep into the fandom. And they were absolutely gracious. And Sonoe and you know Sonoe and Akira, they went to the office uh, of Toho, which is at the Tokyo headquarters, and they were able to 
you know, meet with amazing people like um, Ota-san, who runs the Godzilla division. And it was great. And, you know, Akira and his family, Akira-san and his family showed them around, showed us around. And also we were able to visit the studio uh, very soon after, which was a huge, huge, rare, amazing opportunity. And over time, you know, at this point, we already knew the Takarada family for a bit. Mm. And, but we were able to be there on their home turf. We also, that was the special ceremony that was local to the Japanese citizens only. If you were randomly chosen in a lottery, you got to go have a special tea ceremony with some amazing people who work in the traditional side of it. And the teapot, for those who remember, and I'm sure Chris can be able to link it onto our sites, is a special Godzilla teapot. So they had, it was also at G-Fest for that year. And they were able to show it. So you got to go through this great, amazing tea ceremony with it. And the special guest was actually Akira Takarada-san. But we got to spend time with him backstage as he got ready. And he wasn't one of those, there are definitely some talents especially of higher level, sometimes at a different level, they don't give you eye contact. They don't spend time with you. Like you're in one room, right? On the other side of the green room or whatever. And they're kind of segregated in a more elite area. And it's like, they don't like not a diva attitude, but they definitely, there's no, there's no eye contact happening. He was not like that. There's no mingling. He mingled with us. He asked us, Sam Kushaw came along as an, a PR assistant mm-hmm. and he actually asked, he talked to him. Everybody mm-hmm. was equal and he loved everyone and treated us like he goes, no, no, you're family now. And would talk and ask him like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do for work? Tell me about it. Cause there's a lot of downtime before mm-hmm. his surprise appearance that he asked us how we're doing. Usually we are the ones who approach for photos. He's like, no, no, take photo. We're all family. <laughs> I love everyone here. We're going to take a photo. He was wonderful to Megumi, who was our amazing translator for that entire weekend and trip. And he was like, Megumi, come over. Like he remembered everybody's name. He remembered what we did. He knew my ethnic background. So he asked, you know, how my mom was doing. It was as if not only on a professional level or a fan level, definitely felt more like family. He asked us, he remembered our favorite foods. He talked a lot about us. Then we talked about his films. He definitely did something where because there was laps, there's an actual tea ceremony that was supposed to go on. He opened the door and like an energetic and exuberant four-year-old, he was trying to poke his head in to look at the tea ceremony because he was trying to look in and be like, can I pop out now? Can I, can I surprise everyone now? And Tatsuya's son, son was like, no, not right now, dad, later. You know, but he's like, no, I want to go in now. So he was very much having fun. Obviously, he knew, right? It was not his time to walk in yet. But he wanted to kind of jump surprise everybody, just like a really eager person. But it was done not only with humor, but with a lot of elegance. You did not feel like, you know what? He's just trying to be a cool douche who thinks he's all that. Do you know what I mean? And just yeah. try to come in and like, almost like a Tony Stark, just yeah. a dope dude. She's coming. He actually has none of that air. So it was he's an a, absolute pleasure. 
He's not looking for the attention on him. He wants to be just part of the of what's going on around him. Yes, he actually, I believe he loved to see how happy people were for winning the lottery and coming to Toho Studios to do the tea ceremony. I don't think he was trying to come out. In no way did he give off. He was trying to come out and then the spotlight would shine on him type of situation. He would be someone who appointed back to the winners who eventually when we did this tea ceremony and he was introduced as a special guest, everybody was so shocked because he, in Japan, I don't know necessarily if we, we have amazing legendary people here. You know, we have Clint Eastwood for a long time. We have Marlon Brando. We had all these amazing, you know, John, John Wayne, for those who like him, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, we have many. It's yeah. hard because almost there, he is like a living national treasure and legend mm -hmm. there. And they were so shocked to see him and definitely seeing all the joy and surprise on their face on the winners was absolutely great. You know, definitely made sure our phone was on silent. Yeah. Uh, however, no, it was great. And not only that, he also was open to usually talents would be like, okay, great. I'm going home now. He was like, so dinner, food? <laughs> like he wanted to spend more time with us, you know, with all of the endless energies that he had. He, it was surprising because at most events doing a lot of these and working with them professionally, even on set, mm -hmm. you are often the one asking are you hungry? Do you need food? Do you want to go eat? Why don't we all go eat? Uh, do you want, can I take a photo with you? Even if you worked with them on set for several months, however, he was someone who reminded everyone just never saying it, but with his cadence that you were, everyone is family. Everybody is at an equal loving level. He cared about all of you just as much as you cared about him. You felt like family. And also he was the ones like, okay, let's take a picture. Like, really? And he'll be like, yes, come along. He treated TJ like a son, which I thought was extremely touching. Not like, not just we are peers or colleagues. Clearly TJ respected him so highly, regarded him so highly. However, Akira goes, no, 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 no. We both work on this great franchise. We are both just as important to this franchise Let's take a lot of pictures together. Come here, come here. Treating him as if he has known him forever and also like a son. So when he, unfortunately, why we are recording this, when he had passed away to us very suddenly, uh, you know, TJ and I, I would say, at least I can speak for myself, but for TJ, I could tell it hit very hard and it definitely took some time to put into words how he felt but also taking time to really soak it in and think about it and marinate on it because this was a man that not only as a fan but also on a professional level and a family feeling level because we obviously kept in touch with his family before and after the 65th anniversary they were just such amazing and loving people that you know, with TJ and I, it just felt like losing a family member, mm -hmm. not just somebody that you looked up to who for their amazing work and also being just an amazing person over time. So it was something that was definitely, 
how much he cared outwardly and showed it was really something that not all people at his level tend to give out. To be honest, having worked with many of them, yeah. Uh, also, sometimes you never hear from them again after yeah. the production or the professional event or family event is finished. You never hear from them again. I, I don't think it has anything to do. It's not malice. It's just we all get busy yeah. with our lives. But him and his family took the time to take care, you know, take care of us, and also ask us how's we doing and talk about things that are outside of work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I really, really felt that it was really amazing to be able to at least tangentially be with him on to work on something professional. But more than anything, you know, TJ's interaction with him felt like father and son, you know, not just as professionals, obviously, but very, very loving and very kind. You know, he embraced him. Usually when you see someone, you want to just be like, hi, sir, and then or shake their hand. Akira Takarasan was like, nope, hug time. Bring it in. It's hugs. <laughs> so it was that right off the bat. And was like, it's amazing to meet somebody, you know, in this amazing franchise. So there, it was who was great. there from the I'm sorry, who was there from the beginning, by the way? Yes, he was there from the beginning. So he definitely could have I don't want to say this be not look down, but you understand mm-hmm. a chef knows who the sous chef is. Yeah. Right? But this was like a chef meeting another chef, even mm-hmm. though technically that chef is like, you have won three Michelin stars and I have won one. But no, he just, he taught, he treated everybody like the same with actual love and genuineness. And it was really wonderful. And he asked everything, you know, to how you're doing. Tell me about, you showed him, if you showed him a picture of your dog, he was genuinely interested and would ask what type of breed. It is so cute. Is it a boy or a girl? What is their name? Mm-hmm. That's not something everybody with such a busy schedule will tend to do because he had a very tight and very busy schedule. But he, even though he stuck to it, he always made sure that he made time for TJ and I and, and Sam as well to make mm-hmm. sure that we were well taken care of. And he made sure on the Toho lot and studio staff along with his son and daughter that we were well taken care of. It wasn't like, make sure they have a tour Bye, I am leaving. They were mm-hmm. like, make sure it has tour. They have water. They're not walking in the sun. They're walking in the shade. Like he made sure that we were also taken care of above and beyond and then checked up the next day. Right. Yeah. To make sure that everything that did the day before went really well. So I really felt that that was something that was ingrained in him as a man because you always believe he is larger than life and then you meet him and not only are all the stories true but they also go above and beyond that's that's something you always wanted like when you hear about people and you hear those kinds of things when you finally get it like confirmed you're like it's so rare nowadays that you know someone lives up to the legend yes it is genuinely shocking i mean every time the few times i got to meet the man always had a smile on his face like he was just this larger than life like attitude I, he's a man that definitely enjoyed life like you could just by like walking in his presence you're just like god this guy he he knows like he's making the most of every minute of every day that he has and like never saw like yes. a 
he always had like this big smile on his face too. So now that's in public. I mean, you know, I, I've only met him in public settings. You saw him by, and it sounds like this is exactly who he was. Yes, very much so. And he lived up to it. And I'm not saying he would, mm -hmm. but the cadence that he gave out is that even if you met him in the men's restroom and you asked mm -hmm. for a selfie, <laughs> after he was done washing his hands, he would take a selfie with you happily. <laughs> he isn't like, no, this is my personal time. Get out of here. I'm using the bathroom. Or just give you, be like, fine. He actually, I mean, you know, finishing washing his hands, he would be like, okay, let's take a photo. And in no way, yes, and he would. He wouldn't be like, this is my off time or going back to my table. Yeah. Uh, I will be back tomorrow from nine to five. Mm -hmm. He is definitely someone who finishes signing all the way till the end. He has that type of trait. And it's not just from hard work and dedication. You, He genuinely enjoys this. I do believe that you cannot fake something for long if you no. do not enjoy it. No, really. I mean, look, you 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 work in the outer ring of the entertainment industry i'll just put it like just to you know not not to tell people exactly what you do but you you are you're within the orbit so you deal with people almost on a daily basis that that work in the entertainment industry and and uh, you know i have tangentially too and you do see that there are people once you get to meet them you're like they're like ah I just I don't want to I don't want to be here today. I don't want to be doing this. I don't you know I'd rather be doing something else. Like the the profession I have chosen is what I kind of wanted to do, but it's it's the there's all this other stuff that I didn't sign up for that I have to go a part of or you know deal with in order to pay my bills. But with him, it's like no 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 no. This is a blessing. I and I'm using every moment of it to and I appreciate every single moment of it. Yes, very much so. Very, very much so. So, uh, yeah, and it was, and he was just so lively mm -hmm. that he, you could believe that he would, and it also was so, which is unfortunately unfortunate to bring up. Mm -hmm. There's definitely people, you meet them and you're like, they're going to retire or they're done with acting. This is my last role. You know, or, you yeah. know, I'm going to retire, be with my family. He will act every day up until uh -huh. age 150, if he could, because he also had that much energy and that much spark. And he had amazing childlike wonder. He also had great charisma. Oh, he could, great. he could still walk into a room. And I believe not only that the attention, he doesn't draw it because he's, made it about himself people will actually sense it and turn around yeah. and see him he has that air about him which is great and that's again like you can't teach that you could try to teach that to people but that is something i've you know i'm 38 and in my time on this planet i have come to realize especially as you get older you you can't teach um you can't teach charisma and you can't teach having uh, a work ethic, like a motor, like, and that guy had both in spades from everybody I've ever talked to, including you. Like you're the first one to kind of open it. And I got to talk to other people like this guy just does not stop. But that's the thing. Like he, if he is to stop, like that would mean that like he, he like there's no more, like you cannot, 
his life is a constant uh, perpetual motion. And, uh, you know, you don't want that to end. You know, unfortunately, such is life, you know, as, you know, we all deal with, you know, that nothing is forever. And, uh, you know, he, I mean, passed away. I'm looking at this now. Back in March, so I am getting older and losing track of time, which I'm just like, good, good lord. But the man lived to 87 years old. 87, he was still going strong up until the end. Like that, we we would all be lucky to live that long and have that kind of fortitude in us. Like that is truly a blessing. I know it's sad he's gone, but as uh, I've learned, don't. Don't mourn. Celebrate what was. Celebrate the life lived. And you know, don't 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 be mad about the things you didn't get. You know, and be happy about the things you did get. There are definitely some people that when they pass, I have no doubt that they're like, yes, mourn me, mourn me good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely. I know he understands mourning. But he's definitely, Akira Takarada-san has that amazing character and attitude where he's like, of course, be sad. But, you know, mm-hmm. celebrate the joys in life mm-hmm. because no way a man that exuberant in life doesn't also carry that post that. He'll be like, you yeah. know what? Celebrate. I'm so happy that you remember me. I love all the posts that you have. Oh, you're rewatching my films. Go out. Live life. Don't cry all day inside after a certain point. Right, like mm-hmm. he seems like more of a celebration of life person. Yes. Because he was someone who enjoyed and loved life. He basically was the epitome of live every minute with such joy as if it was going to be your last type of situation. He would have, I know there's so much more he could have done, but from so many people's point of view, you know, he didn't, he didn't go out. He went out with a passionate and well-lived life. Yes. It wasn't one of those like, oh man, he never reconciled with, you know, so and so, or like he didn't finish, you know, he wanted to make more movie or he lived life full of regrets or what a sad person. Mm-hmm. No, he was joyful up until, you know, the very end. And I think that that's something that even when things are bad and when things are not going well, whether you're physically or emotionally in pain, I believe that your true character shines through. And as somebody who he has gone through illnesses, as we've known, mm-hmm. he still bounces back because I truly believe it is his attitude and his sheer internal optimism that makes him basically outshine a lot of people that could have been his peers. Yeah. So, and which is also why some people recover so quickly. I know he's had past issues, I believe, but mm-hmm. he always, we always believed that he could pull through, which he always did. And he always came back so happy and still just as much excitement, which is why I think this took such a shock and such a turn. Um, yeah. I mean, Sam, I mean, again, uh, he was out here in 2019. He was the yep. first. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, so almost three years ago. I mean, at, even at 85, like sharp as attack, like that, and, and like you're, oh yeah, and you are, you are not a man. Like again, you know, it's again. I've had conversations with people. I was actually talking about this with my mom not not too long ago. She is going to turn sixty two this year, and she was kind of going off about, she said, oh, you know, my knees starting to because she has grandchildren now, 
and she's got to keep up with them. They're two boys, and they are uh, precocious, and uh, you know both uh, both both will take will 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 take all your energy out of you. And she's just going. She's like, man, I just it's getting harder to keep up. I'm like, you're 62. You're pretty good. You haven't had any real medical issues past maybe like you tore some ligaments, but just take this and heed. When you were a kid. Look at 62 when you were a child. Like, that was like, you got like five years left, and at that point, you looked like a car wreck because everyone smoked. Everyone ate like garbage. No one took care of themselves. Like, you look at 62 now, and you hear like, oh, someone passed away at 60. You're like, oh my God, so young. Right. Yeah. So when you hear 85, and you're hearing... You know, just he's still out there, like, like, just like murdering it. You're like, God, I hope, I hope, I, I hope one, I live that long, and two, I have that same amount of energy and gumption that that this man had. It's all we can hope for, honestly, in life. You know, that's that's the thing. You live a life and uh, just live as best as you can. You know, appreciate the things that you do have. Don't fret over the things you never got. Yes, very, very true. He lived a life to its fullest and was a very grateful person and was still working and kept his like charm and also physique and looks like all the way till I was like, you could not guess his age. He still looked exactly how he did in Final Wars, and that was already 15 years ago. Like, here, yes, like he had the, the silver fox thing going in Final Wars, and he still looked that way, like, uh, as if like when I last saw him at G Fest three years ago so like that again that is we could all we could we all wish we could end up like that yes yes very much uh so uh not to dwell on again not to dwell on the sad but it's also a celebration if you will uh what we're going to do now is we are going to hop over to an interview that uh, I was lucky to sit down with uh, Linda Miller about a week ago. Unfortunately, Jessica couldn't make it because of prior um, commitments. So she is there in spirit, but you're going to get to hear, I think we went in like 90 minutes. So strap in because this is one (laughs) of my absolute favorite interviews I ever did. And Linda Miller is an absolute, just a sweetheart of a human being. And she has got a story to tell and some things that I didn't even know. Like, as much as she's been out doing this stuff, there's still stuff I didn't know that she was telling us. I'm just like, get out of here. So sit back. Uh, we're going to talk about Akira a little bit in that interview as well, but a lot more on Linda and her her wild, insane life that she lived. And uh, we will come back and wrap up the show. And uh, so, yeah, so... So now I shoot you over to past Chris, who will take the ball from there. All right, everyone. Uh, As we talked about previously, we are here with a very special guest for our 100th episode. You could please introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Linda Miller, and I was in King Kong Escapes and the Green Slime. (laughs) So we are both honored and welcome to have you on the show finally. Thank you. Uh, we've, we've talked to you in the past before off, you know, mm-hmm. off mic, but now this, for our 100th episode, someone special. Uh, Linda, real quick, because we got a few things we want to talk about. Okay. But first, 
let's get your story. I want to get your story because we have not gotten your story on our show yet. How how did this start? This wonderful little niche world. How did you end up into this? Um, it's totally unexpected from what you would think. My mm-hmm. dad was in the Air Force. Okay. So when I was a senior in high school, mm-hmm. it was his time to be transferred overseas. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be an interpreter at the UN. Mm-hmm. And so I said, oh, Daddy, let's go to Spain so I can go to the University of Madrid. Mm-hmm. So they sent him to Japan instead. <laughs> so uh, we get to Japan, and the very day that I got there... Uh, a girl that I used to live next door to in France when I was in second and third grade, she was graduating from high school. And mm-hmm. I missed my graduation because we had to be in Japan before Aww. my graduation. So, I mean, I graduated, but I mm-hmm. didn't have the ceremony. Aww. So uh, it, it was her graduation party, so mm-hmm. I went to her party. And um, there was a girl there that... I'm not very tall. She was as short as I am. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how she made money modeling. Mm -hmm. And I, it just dawned on me and the thought was, well, she can do it. I can do it. So I got all the information from her and I went to the charm school. That's what they called it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned how to put makeup on and supposedly learned how to walk and all that, you know. What, what year, if you don't mind me asking, what year was this? What is my what? No, what year what, around what uh, was this? was, oh, God. This was 1965 when I graduated okay. from high school. And I graduated a year early. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. Look at that. Well, I knew we were going overseas, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to start my senior year in a foreign mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. So I took summer school so I could skip the 11th grade. So I went from 10th grade to 12th grade. Moxie, I like that. <laughs> Get some moxie. So, um, so I go to this charm school, and um, I never finished the course because I got booked for, for uh, some modeling jobs right away. And so I just started modeling. And one of my first jobs which I think is so funny, it was for a magazine mm-hmm. for accordions. <laughs> and they had me in a bathing suit. I had a black bikini, not a bikini, but mm-hmm. a black two-piece. Mm-hmm. And I've looked for that picture, and I can't find that picture. But that was my very first so that was job. In the, that was in Japan? Or that was, was in Tokyo. That was in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't doubt. There's probably someone out there that has that somewhere. Have you, put, have you put the APP out on that thing? No, no. Oh, I've no. Heard the beauty about the World Wide I've Web. Got, I've got... Some of the magazine, but mm-hmm. I don't have the, the no, one in the bathing one, yeah. suit. And I always thought that was so weird. And, you know, why would I be in an accordion, you know, with accordions around me in the mm-hmm. bathing suit? So, uh, And it just kind of snowballed from there. I worked a lot. And um, people have asked me why they thought that I was mm-hmm. able to work so much. And I was telling a friend that there was a girl in the class who was beautiful, blonde, mm-hmm. blue eye, slender, just really the, the model type. Mm-hmm. And she didn't work very much. And I, you know, I thought mm-hmm. about that. And um, it was brought to my attention that because, you know, I'm short, mm-hmm. I had, you know, light brown hair at the time mm-hmm. and brown eyes that I looked foreign, but I wasn't such a drastic contrast that they couldn't relate to. And so you weren't, as, as some people call it, violently American. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I'm not violently anything. So um, so I think that's why I was able to work as mm. much as I did. So probably in 1966, mm. I got a contract to do uh, the cover of a Japanese uh, young ladies magazine called Jose 7, which mm. is like the 17 magazine here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, another girl and I, we were booked, and we would alternate weeks because mm-hmm. it was weekly. And then sometimes we would, you know, do a duo together. And so you were working steady. I 
I every day I worked. Wow. Yeah, I, I worked. I was a working model, you know. Hot damn. Yeah, and I really loved it because the atmosphere there. Um, I was treated like a little princess. Mm-hmm. I was I was protected, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I was just I I was treated very very well, and I never had any bad experiences with anybody. You know how you hear the Hollywood stories. Yeah. You know, I never had any of that. Yeah, not there's. It seemed like there was yeah, there was a little. There, as you say, there's a little more respect to it. A lot more respect. There were. I mean, did you have a did, did did you notice there was a bit of a fan base at all? Like were people like today people well, follow a particular. It was a little harder. I'm assuming it's a little harder back then. But there were, mm-hmm. did you ever run into people who are like I know you? Like, I I did, but uh, not because of my modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, really, actually, my second job was a friend of mine was doing a, a weekly television show called English for Millions. Yakomani mm-hmm. Noego, and. Um, so she was leaving, going back mm-hmm. to the States, and they said to her, find me a friend of yours. <laughs> so she brought me down, and then I you know, started doing the show every week. And I didn't stop doing that show until I got the contract for King Kong oh, Escape. Wow. So, how long, so how long was that then? It was uh, 65 to 67. Oh, so two yeah. years, yeah. solid. Every, wow. every week. So, in, in, uh, <laughs> funny, you know, they, the first time, I'd never been in front of a, a camera except, you know, a still. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, this camera over here is your camera. And so make sure you smile. Mm-hmm. But they didn't tell me, wait till the red light comes on. <laughs> so the whole 30 minutes, I'm smiling. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they said, okay, you don't have to smile for 30 <laughs> minutes. You just look at the red light and that's it. <laughs> So the concept was they would say something in Japanese, and then mm-hmm. I would say the translation in English, mm-hmm. and then you know they would talk. You know? now, if, now, real quick on that, uh-huh. like, did you have to? Uh, did you start learning the language yes. before you went over there? No, not and before. While you were there? Yeah, while I was there, I had a, I had a dream one night, and in my dream, I was speaking Japanese, mm-hmm. and from then on, I mm-hmm. felt comfortable enough and brave enough to actually. Speak Japanese. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't fluent. Yeah, but it was it was uh, what they call um, uh, uh, conversational. Yes, yes. Conversational. I didn't know there's uh, like three levels of Japanese, mm-hmm. respect and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I knew like the commoner yeah. language. Um, so when I first started modeling, they would send an interpreter with me. Mm-hmm. And, and I just um, have an aptitude for languages. Mm-hmm. So I picked it up really easily. Wow. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, sit up straight, turn your head, smile, you know, those sound how it kind of started. Yeah, the basic stuff. stuff. And then after not too mm-hmm. long, they didn't send an interpreter out with me. Nice. Yeah. So you, it was enough to where, like, you understood, like, you guys mm-hmm. could have a a, a a conversation where everyone understood what, yeah. what was going through. Okay. We, wow. we couldn't, I couldn't talk politics or religion yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. deep. Yeah, but, but, you know, just... But like, hey, like, where's the bathroom? Like, you can... You can I'm <laughs> that like, was the I, first thing yeah, I learned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, at least you can, like, no, there's no one scratching a headlight what's going mm-hmm. on. Like, wow, that is wildly impressive. Oh, but it's a funny story. When I was doing the TV show, mm-hmm. uh, the word strawberry is Ichigo. Mm-hmm. Ichi is one and go is five. And they mm-hmm. kept saying Ichigo, and I go, one five, one five. Uh, <laughs> and finally, you mm-hmm. know, I learned that that meant strawberry. <laughs> and I just thought that was the weirdest thing. One five is strawberry. Those, those little yeah. things with, uh, yeah. the, the, those little things. If you've ever said any other language, you're like, why, why that? But yeah. it's one of those things. So, two years, so right off the bat, you're working, and now, but it sounds like you are hustling. Out I was. There. Like, were you making, like, 
solid money? Was it good money? For ja- for Japan at that um, time, I was making really good money. Wow. I came back to the States and bought my dad a car and bought myself a car and had some money in the bank. And, you know. so, so, yeah, but, I mean, by American standards, no. Mm-hmm. But by Japanese standards. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really cool. Uh, at the time, um, they would pay you cash. Mm. Oh, li- nice. Like You know how at, the, at yeah. the bank, the tellers, they put the cash in those little envelopes? Yep, yep. So that's how they would pay you. So oh, cash, nice. Which yeah. is really cool. That's not the first time I've heard that, too. Like uh, a few people that, uh, especially if you follow like pro wrestling and stuff like that, mm. a lot of places they're just like, here's your bag of money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And a lot of fighters that... You used to go to Japan in the nineties and two thousands. Talk about they're mm-hmm. like go to a back room. Yeah, they're like here's your bag. Yeah, it's and not only that, but it's like both Japanese and American denominations. It's like mm-hmm. all right, go out there and well, everything, hustle. Everything I got was in Japanese yen. Mm-hmm. And but well, you're in the you're in the state. You're yeah. there, so you know. And my dad being in the military, he was able mm-hmm. to convert it to and dollars. Don't, don't mind me asking, what did your father think of all this at the time? He uh, he was actually pretty proud. Oh, yeah, give me, give yeah. And, and so was my mom. My uh-huh. my mom had always told me I could do anything I wanted to do, and I didn't believe her. <laughs> and I thought she's just being a mom. Yeah. And so when this all happened, uh, she said, "See, I told you." You know. Wow. I, yeah. yeah. Way that. And yeah. so I'm, it, it clearly it seemed like the way you described it, like you went in with a little bit of like shaky sea legs, and then immediately like you 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 were off running. I I I was so blessed. You know, I actually had nothing to do with it. It was mm-hmm. like I was at the right place at the right time with the right look. You know, it but, just. But that's still part. Of, that's still you. Because again, like you, so anybody else could have been put in. As you said, like there was another, there was another girl there, and like, mm-hmm. you know, she probably could have done the same. But you know, I'm, so. I'm pretty um, motivated. That's you know, a great I like to, to work. Yes, uh, and especially I like to work with something that I love to do, mm-hmm. and I love doing it because I went different places. Um, you know, I did a, a TV commercial for Nikon camera, and uh, I did a toothpaste commercial. At one time, my picture was on the box of a toothpaste. Wow! Card. Really? Yeah. yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. So it's just it was. I just had a, a lot of fun. So, the, so these just kind of like as you went along, they were just offered, and so and you you just said yes. Like well, my my manager at mm-hmm. the time um, booked me for everything and she would say, okay, today you go here, tomorrow mm-hmm. you go there. She just told mm-hmm. me where to go. And then she like, did you know what you were going ahead of time or did mm-hmm. you just show up? Okay. Yeah. I knew that because sometimes I'd have to take my own clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, she'd say, okay, you're going here and it's, you know, like I did a thing for Honda motorcycles. Mm-hmm. So you need to wear, you know, short pants and you know, you're going to be out in the sun on a motorcycle. So mm-hmm. I knew what clothes to take. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, when I first started modeling, uh, from the base, I would take the bus and then from the bus to the train station. Mm-hmm. And then after I started making some money, I said, oh, I'll tell you what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to take a cab to the, yeah. to the, cause it, cause when you have all those clothes, it was oh, yeah. cumbersome. Especially you know? if you're on the train, public transportation. Yeah. You know yeah. That. But in, in Japan at mm-hmm. the time, everybody was very respectful, mm-hmm. you know, um, it it just was such a different experience than when I was in New York on the yeah. train. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. New York and the, I, I, I've heard horror stories of New York. And the I didn't have any horror stories, but it was just so different. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, again, it's it, the the differences between the cultures. Where mm-hmm. you know, even today, like you see those those videos comparing Japan trains, where everyone's just very respectful, oh, they're yeah. sitting there, and then the New York subway, and you know, someone's right. licking the the one of the yeah. poles and. <laughs> 
there's a guy screaming as a woman's just trying to you know yeah. read her tablet. So. None of that happened. Yeah, I was telling another friend that it, you know when you're at the train station, they have these huge stairs. They're just mm-hmm. really wide, and they would go down to the next uh, ramp, uh, next platform, and you'd see all the the sea of black heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you'd see one brown head in the mm-hmm. middle. You go, oh, there's a foreigner, yep. <laughs> you know, because it stands out so much. You know? So I mean, did I mean, uh, I mean, you, you touched upon that. Like you, did, your your look did help you out. Yes, there, right? it did. So, yes. um, so, so you did. So you went from modeling to commercials. So when did you? When did the movie start? Okay, modeling and the TV show were simultaneous. Mm-hmm. The commercial was was simultaneous. I mean, it wasn't like I went from modeling to commercials. It was mm-hmm. part of the package. Yeah. Um, when I did the um, TV, I mean, the magazine cover, mm-hmm. um, I guess I had done about six months' worth of them, and that's when I got a call out of the blue from Arthur Rankin. Like Arthur Rankin himself? The Arthur Rankin. Wow. Yeah, out of the blue. He introduced himself, and he said, mm-hmm. I'd like to meet with you and talk to you about being in a film. And, and I thought maybe it was a prank call. Yeah, and I don't know how he got my... He, he found out from the picture, uh-huh. he found out who my agent was, and you know how that goes. So I met with him, and I was really leery, you know. I'm 19 years old. Uh-huh. I am I know that I'm very naive and unworldly, and I was just a little bit worried about who he was and all that. But uh-huh. he took me to um, a very expensive French restaurant. Which was made a big impression on me. Wow! Yeah. So this is all in Tokyo. Still, this right? is in Tokyo. Wow! So they got had, some great places in I Tokyo. Had, so you had dinner with Arthur Wright? With, with oh, Arthur. many times. Wow! Yeah. So I met well, with him. I, well, yeah, I'm no, not go, saying go because I, I again like I, I'm an animation. I Rudolph oh. the Red-Nosed Reindeer is one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's it's a childhood joy, but I have studied yeah. that that thing. So I, I have. A lot of respect for Franklin Bass. So, uh, I, I, I need I need to hear stories. I, I want to hear what, what was the man like. Um, well, he was very nice. Okay. Um, he was very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. When I said to him, I don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't understand why. I mean, I was flattered, of course, mm-hmm. but I I thought it was a very bad decision on his part. And I told him, I says, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to act, and I will ruin your movie. <laughs> and he, he was just very matter-of-fact. He says, no, you'll do just fine. And I said, but, you know, like, why? And he said, because you are what I envisioned Susan Watson to look like. And I said, but Susan Watson has to move and talk mm-hmm. and act, and I don't know how to do that. And he just was, no, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And um, so I met with him a couple more times. We had dinner. Mm-hmm. One time we had dinner with um, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He was married. It's with his Japanese girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to her, and she took me under her wing mm-hmm. because he wanted me to be blonde, and I was mm-hmm. kind of light brown, medium yeah. to light brown hair. And I didn't want to dye my hair. But he says, no, you have to dye your hair. So he was already thinking, like, classic Kong like evidently, style. yeah. Evidently. I, 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 like I can see in his head what yeah. he's going for. Yeah. So he kind of turned me over to her, mm-hmm. and um, so I went and got my hair dyed, and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so bad. Um, Wait, did, did your mom go to meetings with you? No. Just you. My so mom you're did, ni- did you're me all by myself. How old was he at the time? He was he's in his forties, right? I think he was in his forties. Yeah, because yeah. sixty. One was Rudolph, and he—they were already like well established at that time. I have to ask: Do you ever bring up the puppets? Like, you ever talk about the puppet business? Like, no, 
Just no. keep, just like this I had no project. idea who this man was, or really? what he had done, or what he had accomplished. Uh, I mean, you. I mean, so you, had you seen any of those? No, like, you never saw Roy Hoffman at that time. No, I was in. I was in Japan. Yeah. Well, this was. Oh wow. Yeah. No. So you had no I, idea this guy was running a public empire. No, if I had, I probably <laughs> would have, you know, had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. No, um, my whole King Kong experience, I was completely clueless about everybody, and um, no, I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but you knew King Kong. Also, I knew right? King Kong from yeah. Fay Ray. Yeah. Period. <laughs> so when he approached you, he's like, he did, so, how, how, so how did this, I'm like, I, a little more details. I gotta okay. Write. So okay. how, he brought you in, was it, did they tell you what it was ahead of time? Or was it like, I just want to have a meeting, like I have a movie project. He, it, at first he says, I have a movie I want you to be in and I need to talk to you. Okay. Then when we met, mm-hmm. um, then he got into s- some more detail. You know, this King Kong movie. And I, I thought, oh, God, a King Kong movie. <laughs> Nobody will ever go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Um, yeah, so he explained a little bit about the part, you know, and that. And, and the th- I, I, ju- I just couldn't understand why he would want to put me in an important part. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe a little extra in the background. Mm-hmm. I'd feel comfortable. But to have a main part in the show, on uh, the movie... Now at the time, I mean, did he? I mean, you were you guys are obviously in Japan. Did he mm-hmm. let you know like this is like a, a co-production mm-hmm. in Japan? The Toho. So that was so. Okay. And so I that, knew Toho. Yeah, yeah, I knew Toho was of all the the studios. They were the they were the the, the, yeah, the they're the studio. Warner Brothers of yeah you know, of or Japan. whoever was the yeah, biggest the at the time yeah. yeah yeah. And I had a big crush. Uh, there was a Japanese actor singer mm-hmm. named Kaya Mayuzo mm-hmm. who. Uh, his mother looked like Elizabeth Taylor. I oh. kid you not. And he was involved with Toho. So that's why, oh, Toho, Kaya mm-hmm. Mayuzo, yeah. you know. And um, I never met the man, but, oh. you know, hot, hot teenage crush. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had his poster on my wall in my bedroom. <laughs> so. So, now, so he, when he drops the bomb, he's like, mm-hmm. I want you to be in a King Kong movie. Like, mm-hmm. what is going through your head at that point? I don't think anything was going through my head other than I didn't know what to think. How am I going to do this? Huh? How am I going to do this? Yeah, well, really, how am I going to... No, am I going to do this? Yeah. I hadn't even gotten to the point of... Yeah, because at this point, it seems like you're like... You seem like, take on the world at this point. Like, you jumped into just about every... Like, the things that... (laughs) To date, that for for people today, especially like a nineteen year old, be like I I would fall apart. Like well, you putting me in front of a camera to to sell space. I'm an only child, and I've mm-hmm. always had to do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tend to jump and then think. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started my mortgage business, mm-hmm. if I had known what it was going to take, <laughs> I never would have started. But I just thought, oh, I can do that, and I just did it. You know, so sometimes a little lack of foresight a really l- helps a lot. <laughs> helps a lot with with the with with, with the, uh, the the um, the the you know the, the gumption part yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't have a chance to be afraid. You mm-hmm. know, they that's yeah. So that's what I that's what I'm trying to get. Yeah, um, I wasn't smart enough to be afraid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so but so uh, I mean, so now you have again you mm-hmm. have. A, car, a man who's in charge of a cartoon puppet empire has the cornerstone on the holiday specials at this point. Which He's, I have no idea. Again, so you know, no Rudolph, Santa Claus comes to town, you know, uh, uh, you're without Santa, you know, he might, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he's, and so I think at this point they have the cartoon going and they're turning into a movie. He's approached you mm-hmm. and he's like, 
I want you to be in my King mm-hmm. Kong movie. And it's going to be... Now, once he said it was like a co-production, did you start like putting the piece like, oh, he's going to bring it to America? No. So n- none of no. that yet. I, no. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> I just thought, oh, they're making a movie in Japan. Uh-huh. And like, is it one of those, like, again, those celebrities that do like, I did like Schwarzenegger in the 80s, like I'm doing commercials in Japan. No one's ever going to see me exactly. selling coffee. You yeah. didn't think anybody else was ever going to see this. I, yes. I, kind of like the, what did you ever think the, like the, I'm assuming like in mid 60s, yeah, that stuff does not travel at that point. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was born in the 80s, like, I still remember a time when it's like, you had to go look for this stuff. People oh. had to bring it over. There was no World Wide Web to just, yeah. hey, look, this person yeah. is doing this. So yeah. at this point, it was like, I'm, I'm kind of living my life. Yeah. This is, I'm leaving behind this little little bit of a legacy in Japan. Like it, I thought it was another job. Mm-hmm. Just another. I mean, I knew it was a big transition for me. Yeah. But I thought it was another job. And a thought went through my brain at the time. When I was modeling, mm-hmm. one of the photographers who I had a good rapport with made a comment before King Kong ever was uh, mm-hmm. pitched to me, made a comment that an actress is an actress, a model is a model, and the two never cross yeah. lines. And that went through my mind. I thought, if I make this picture, will I ever get mm-hmm. another modeling job? You know? Uh, the answer so now, was no. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> the answer was no, but I did other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, so we're having dinner, then I meet his girlfriend, uh, and then uh, there's an argument between Toho and my mother. My mother's very strong, uh-huh. um, and that's why I'm so flexible, because my mother's so strong. Yeah. So they wanted to pay me a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. and my mother said no. You're going to pay her this or she's not going to be in your movie. So. And I was freaking out, you mm-hmm. know, because I thought, oh, she's going to ruin this for me. I'm not going to be in this movie, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but then they relented and said, okay. So my contract isn't with Arthur. It's with Toho. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's with Toho. I wish I had a copy of it. Mm. Um, so so that I signed the contract and then I went in and, you know, they did mm-hmm. testing for hair and makeup mm-hmm. and clothing and all that kind of stuff. How many versions of the uniform did they try? Did they Only one. Only the one? Only one. So the one you're wearing the whole time with the set uniform? Unfortunately, with that hat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. you show up first day to work, like, okay, uh-huh. so... When you're when you're doing the contract and all that, like you're like I'm I'm doing I'm doing a movie now, mm-hmm. and not only that, I'm doing a monster movie, arguably one of the most famous monsters of all time. Yes. So your life has taken this very left turn, this very interesting left turn, and you've jumped into it. Did how long was so from contract signing to when did you get an idea of the the scale and scope of what you were doing then? When I got on the set. When you got on the set. When I got on the set the first day. And, um, Did they do rehearsals? No. Or anything like? Really? No. It, shoot! <laughs> you oh, know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, sound camera action. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. no the, so, yeah, the, so how? When did you get the script? I got this. Uh, for, there's a first script. I think in February, and then the final script was maybe May, something like that, or just okay, so like, right before we started shooting. But I mm-hmm. never even do thought do we rehearse i never i didn't know to ask those questions you know so okay so again i i a million and five questions <laughs> i know i'm again, blowing the, your mind yeah, because the, i was because so, again the in movie industry back then again yeah. the very different things i mean toho was cranking these out at, yeah. they were cranking they were a they were a pro, 
Yes. Gotcha. They were a factory. Yeah. Because again, everyone thinks like they were stars by themselves. Yeah, they're one things like they just like people on Toho was doing tons of stuff. They mm-hmm. they're running, they're putting out like 10, 15 movies a year, so mm-hmm. which is insane for any studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, so let's go. Contract signed when it was. was, was I don't remember. So it was about, so. Let's just say from February. So okay, let's, we could say that. So then May's about. You said May's when they about ready mm-hmm. when they start shooting. What are you doing in that in room at that point? Is just coming in for costumes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did they show you? So they didn't show you anything else like what you were doing. Who did you know you were who you were working with at that point? Mm-mm. So you didn't. And none of the cast members have you met. I, I knew one thing. I uh-huh. knew that the American actor that they they originally hired. Um, and he, back in the sixties, he was a famous Western TV star, and I can't, excuse me, I can't remember his name, but he drowned. Oh. And then that's why Rhodes got. Oh wow! Okay. So, so I remember knowing that he was going to be in it, and I was Mm -hmm. excited because I knew who he was. So he was like, uh, was he on like a Gunsmoker or something like that? Uh, uh, Something that's on me TV right now, probably. probably. Yeah. And I can't remember his name, but when I see him, I, I, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was excited about that, you know, because... Did, did that help the anxiety at all, knowing that there's going to be, like, another, like, American there with you? Like, possibly? No? <laughs> didn't have... <laughs> didn't help, didn't hurt. <laughs> love it. Love, yeah. love it. So, so when do you meet everyone for the first time? First day of shooting? First day of shooting. Wow. Is, and I recognized Takarada. Okay. I knew who he was, you know, because... He worked a lot. And when you're on the train and the subways, they've got um, all these posters with all the, the movies and the commercials yeah, and stuff. So I knew him from riding the trains. Yeah, you know? so that, and you can read Japanese. Can you read Japanese? I can them? read hiragana and katakana. Well, I used to be able mm-hmm. to. I'm really, really bad now. Yeah, but, but at the time, at the time I, could, I could read it. In fact, one time I got into a cab uh, and I gave him uh, a, um, an address. Mm-hmm. And it, and it was in Japanese. My friend gave it to me and, mm-hmm. and said, take her to this place. And I looked at it and he said, I don't know where this is. And I looked at it and said, oh, is that it across the street? Mm-hmm. And his jaw just dropped <laughs> because I could read, yeah. you know, Nihon, you know, mm-hmm. Japan. And uh, I couldn't read the other stuff, but, I, but that building said Nihon mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So, yeah. So I could, I could read it, you know. Um, I cannot read kanji, but the other two I could. That was your script in Japanese or was it in English? Mine was in English and okay. Rose was in English. Okay. Okay. So the two of us were in English, and of course everybody else was in Japanese. Mm-hmm. So. Now, so day one of the set, you yeah. walk up. Do you remember what that first day? Yes. Was? Okay. Let's go through this day. <laughs> it was like the worst day in my life. <laughs> it was every anxiety that a person could have. I had it all at, the, at once, and it continued the whole day. And I'll tell you about it in a mm-hmm. second. But I came back to my dressing room and I said to my mom, they're going to fire me. They're going to they're gonna fire me because I did mm-hmm. such a terrible job. And and I don't blame them. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't like upset. Oh, they're going to fire. I thought they ought to fire me. So the very first scene is when I'm in the subway mm-hmm. and I'm walking through the castor oil scene. Mm-hmm. And that was the very first day of shooting. And we shot it over and over and over. I felt like a wooden stick. Mm-hmm. It, and then now I look at it and went, it's not that bad, mm-hmm. you know. But it was but, all up in your head. Though, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The jitters the first time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely had the jitters. So was it just you that... It was just you that day, right? In that scene, it was mm-hmm. just me and some, some extras, you know. So... I don't remember my first scene with Rhodes or with Takarada-san. I, I don't Was remember. Honda directing you that day? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. 
and he was like a father figure, you know, uh, in the sense that he was... Eric Fleming. Eric <gasps> Fleming was him. Oh, my God. You're right. Eric Fleming. That Shout was to Tommy, who... who's sitting in the back right now. You keep hearing someone in the back on the phone. That's Tommy. Uh, he was on episode with Lenny. Wow. Couple, couple back, so you'll be hearing that. He's... Do you know how many years I've tried to remember that man? Thing? Yeah. Thank Eric you. Fleming. What was he on? What does it say he was uh, on? He was in Ride. Rawhide! And I knew of, it! And Queen of Outer Space. Knew it! Knew it was one of those. My grandmother watches Rawhide constantly. Oh. I never thought in my mid-30s that Bonanza, Rawhide, <laughs> Matlock, and uh, the Waltons would be such a big part of my life. Like, okay. I could tell you after, I'm like, yeah. these shows been off the air for 20 years before I was yeah. even born, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, there goes Jamie. Yeah, so it was Eric Fleming that was supposed to have the wow. part, and, and Rhodes got it. Rhodes when he, got di- he died. Wow. He, he drowned. So let's uh, okay. Honda. So like. oh, Honda, he was very soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just he was just like a grandfather or a father, mm-hmm. and he was very nice to me. Huh. But I knew, yeah, he's going. Oh, this girl doesn't know what the heck she's and doing. So he's, he's got, like I got to struggle with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I knew that he that, thought I've got my hands full with her, mm-hmm. but he was so nice. He was. He really was so very when he's giving you direction was he just being like very like no no like this maybe mm-hmm. like this like mm-hmm. so he helped you like real so how long so how long do we go from stage fright to okay now i'm getting the rhythm of this probably about nine tenths through the movie oh wow okay mm-hmm. so. almost at the very end i started to relax mm-hmm. you know and um yeah, but it it was I, I probably for about two weeks. Every time I came back to my dressing room, I'd say to my mom, "They're going to fire me." I just know they're going to fire me, and I truly believed it. You know, yeah, any did you ever get any notes of like you got to you know hustle up a little bit or anything like nothing? No. What Honda San would do is like you know the scene where Kong is fighting Gorosaurs. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and I'm in the do. tree. Yeah, yeah. And I have to do ah like that. Mm-hmm. That he said, "This is what I want you to do, Linda San," and he he acted it, and mm-hmm. I just copied what he did, you know. So he he was very specific of what he wanted me to do, and um, we had an interpreter, mm-hmm. uh, translator rather, just to make what, sure everything was clear. Yes, and, and he had his name was Henry Okawa, mm-hmm. and he had lived in the the states, I think oh, okay. in L.A. or somewhere. Okay, and so he spoke fluent English and mm-hmm. you know fluent Japanese and of course Rhodes absolutely had to have that yeah, yeah. and I did too even though mm-hmm. I understood a lot the nuances the, I wouldn't yeah, have understood like little idioms and stuff yeah. like that right yeah. and so Henry would you know I never felt uh, with Honda-san uh, judged mm-hmm. you know I never felt like he, he wanted me replaced. Mm-hmm. I felt sometimes I let him down, mm-hmm. and that made me feel so bad. Yeah. You know, but he always he was he's a very caring person. My experience with him, mm-hmm. he was a very caring person. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, yeah, he was a, seemed to be a good guy. Supportive, 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 very yeah, supportive. Yeah. yeah, and he understood where I was coming from. Yeah. Now, if Hamamie had acted that way, I'm sure he mm-hmm. would have been different. Yeah. But I mean, with with me, he understood. Mm-hmm. So I this had, is your first rodeo. I had no in my first rodeo, yeah. and I didn't even know how to ride a horse. You know, <laughs> so he was. So there. when do you meet Rhodes, and when do you meet? Uh, I I Tyra. think I met them together the first day. Or maybe second day, um, and it was quite a quite a scene to see that when you know you don't know either one of them, and you see the two of them together. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, Rose is this tall 
macho guy, mm-hmm. how's that gonna, you know, match up with Takarada? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, there was no problem. They mm-hmm. were both equally macho. Mm-hmm. They were not nasty, competitive, but they competed constantly. Yeah, like, kind of like a, like a, like just a, like a, like an upsmanship of honor kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they would tell dirty jokes. <laughs> You know, so it's kind of a dude thing. It was a dude thing, yeah. yeah. And and it was really lovely to see because um, there was Rhodes didn't come in. Well, I'm the American actor, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, he didn't come in with the attitude at he all. Came into work, kind of thing. Came into work to be Excellent. part of the group, you know. And uh, so they got along really well. And when when it wrapped, we all went out to dinner together. Rhodes and Rhodes and Takarada son and me and my mom. We went mm-hmm. out to dinner. Oh, yeah. So. So how was so let's 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 go through a little bit on, on filming. So okay. first day jitters. Honda is very you know he's working with you. Let's get deeper into the production. Like so you're on a couple of sets and then you start doing mix of effects work. And in Japan they split the effects. So you're never really on set when the dude when you know the Kong suits running around. But you're well, but you have interaction scenes which is they don't do a ton of in those like. Yeah. Humans and the monsters don't exactly interact a lot because it's a two-unit shoot. So well, he was my boyfriend. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, but sir, that's the thing. There's there, you're in his hand and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you you actually you're interacting with the effects unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that Honda or was that Akira doing that? Or was you know which ver- which unit was doing? Honda. Honda the whole time. Honda the whole time. Yeah. So when they brought in, like, and you're sitting in Kong's hand, that was and Honda. sitting in the tree and stuff yes, like that. Honda. So did they show you like? Here's here's what the monsters are going to look like, and this is what you... No, it's just like, just react like this. Here's the hand, now react. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking, react to what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but Rhodes uh, would give me little hints, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he told me this experience. He said, you know, you have to use your imagination and put yourself there. Mm-hmm. He said, one time I had a scene with an actress who had really bad breath. Mm-hmm. And I had to kiss her, <laughs> and I had to act as if she was the greatest thing on earth. Mm-hmm. And he said, "So what I did is I imagined in my mind mm-hmm. that her face was a rose, and I was kissing the rose." <laughs> he was very dramatic. Yeah. So uh, he gave me little hints like that. You know, he seemed like a uh, he seemed he seemed like a, a very like kind of a, um, sort of looking for a little bit of a dashing individual. Like he had like he was had a personality about him, right? He was very large. Yeah. His favorite expression he, when he would leave is like, mm. it's always a pleasure to say goodbye to you. <laughs> I mean, he would do yeah. crap like that. Yeah. You know, he was very, very, he was very theatrical, I mm-hmm. thought, for men. Very yeah, and flamboyant. flamboyant. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, let's, so. When, uh, when when do you meet the rest of the cast? Because uh, I'm trying to remember, oh. trying to recall at the top of my head. So. Amamoto? Yes. Amamoto? Um, I don't know when, but I remember the first time I saw him, I thought, what a strange-looking man, you know? <laughs> uh, but as strange as he was, he was just nicer than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And I really and he and I would talk on the set, you mm-hmm. know? We didn't have hardly anything together, but... You know, we'd have one scene, and he'd have a scene over here, and so in between we would talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just was really a nice guy and really funny, you know. So uh, you're so you're seeing. So you have the stuff mm-hmm. like you're on land. You have the submarine scenes, all that. Like, did they just bulk shoot everything together? Like, or like how was how was this? How was the 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 studio set up when you guys walked in? When I walked in, it was the submarine. Mm-hmm. Like cut in half mm-hmm. so that you could see into the submarine, <laughs> and it it was on. The, 
the foundation you could you so know the make side, it rock. Two guys, yeah, kind of like, there's like four hands like yeah. rocking. Yeah, and, and so it could rock like in the scenes where it had to mm-hmm. rock. But yeah, it was. I walked around. Wow, that's pretty amazing what they can do. So yeah. you're getting so you're getting you're literally seeing how the sausage is made at uh-huh. this point. Yeah. Uh, like you like the the the. Magic, the grandeur of it all, like what, what, like taking that in, like what did you realize at that point? You're like, man, like, like you're what, ni- you're 19 at this point, right? You said, yes, I was 19. 19, you're on doing a movie. Like, did you ever like, stop to have that moment? Where, like, you're like, this is my life. Like, uh-uh. this is no, no, just, like, this is just a job, <laughs> just a job, just a job. And and I had been on many sets before, not this grand. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like uh, I wasn't. You've done shows, but this is a movie. This, I yeah. I know, yeah. I know. But it, it's just a bigger version of what I had already mm-hmm. been doing. And um, I, I don't know why I didn't have those realizations, but I just, I didn't. The follies of youth, maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> could be. So, the whole t- so how long did you guys shoot for? I think it was like two or two and a half months. Oh, it's actually, that's actually it, it was like a, it wasn't like a quickie thing. Okay. You know, and um, we went on location to Oshima Island, and that's where they, you know, that little uh, island guy that gets killed. Yeah, you know? so you got that. So yeah, you yeah. actually went out there. Mm-hmm. How long was that shoot for? Total I think day? a no, I think a week or so. Ah, okay. Yeah, and um, how was the? You know, was you guys like staying local hotel? And yes, we stayed. We all stayed in the same mm-hmm. hotel, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was wonderful um, because it was very Japanese tatami mm-hmm. floors, mm-hmm. you know, futons that we slept on. And then when we ate, the main characters and the main crew uh, would go into this big room mm-hmm. that had a hole in the floor mm-hmm. that had, you know, all the stuff to cook with. And you would sit around and they would cook. Um, everything was fresh. They had just caught everything. Oh, and so right they, you sat there while they cooked your tempura oh. piece. By, oh, it was heaven. It was just heaven. Did, so, you, did you make friends with any of the, uh, the crew members? Um, Do you interact with it? Because oh. some, some, some places are very, like, crew stays over no, here or the actors no, over here. No, no, I did not make any friends, mm. but I was friendly. I mean, it was it was kind of like a family atmosphere. Okay. There was not, I'm the star and you're not. Mm-hmm. It, it was a very friendless, friendly atmosphere. Probably everybody was there, like, we know what we're doing, we're here to our journey. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and you're yeah. no big deal. I've seen bigger stars yeah. than you, so, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So um, it was a very, like... Robust atmosphere, almost mm-hmm. like everyone was just kind of happy to be there, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, everyone's like, sh- like I'm showing up for work. I like what I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I, and 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 I can't remember specifically, but there were mm-hmm. times where I I would say something off the cuff in Japanese, you mm-hmm. know, and then they would laugh, you know. So it it just was, you know. See, when I was in Japan, mm-hmm. I was so immersed in the in you know going to work, being with the people. I really had very few American. I had one American friend. Mm-hmm. So I was always working. So I felt more Japanese at the time than I did American. Mm-hmm. And um, which is one of the reasons I had a hard time when I came back uh, to the States. A little, a little culture shock. A little culture shock. So because when I was in Japan, you know, the Vietnam War protests were going on and mm-hmm. women were burning their bra and all that, you know, free love, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I was completely out of that, you know. So it was a big shock when so I. You're did. missing like a you're missing the culture the like cultural revolution going mm-hmm. over here. But mm-hmm. You're, yeah. You're like I'm, I'm in Japan. I'm making I'm making money. I'm having modeling, fun I'm making having money. Fun. Yeah, yeah, you're living a life. Yeah, yeah. You're living a hell of a life, especially yeah. for a, a, a the daughter of a of a 
What was your What was your father's position? He was a major in the a Air major. Force. Major. Wow. Yeah. So, and uh, uh, when we first moved there, <laughs> we went. Oh, this is, I shouldn't tell. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Maybe we'll see that for Never after. Mind. We'll see that for afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So let me. Okay. So. Wrapping up, uh-huh. uh, did they tell you? Okay, this is when this is going to come out, and all this other stuff. Or was that well, that was it? What, what was the what was the the final stretch like? Um, the final stretch was I knew when it was going to premiere in Japan, mm-hmm. and so I went to the premiere. Mm-hmm. And the girl that dubbed my voice, I thought, did an excellent job. Oh. I wanted to do it in Japanese, and they wouldn't let me, oh. which I can understand now. Yeah. But at the time, it was like, no, no, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I had I had no idea when it, it was going to come out in the states. And Rhodes said to me, "They're going to have you come and dub your voice." Mm-hmm. And I said, "What's that?" And he explained to me what would happen. Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, okay." And they never they never called me. And you know, I had a Toho contract, not yeah. a SAG contract. Uh, so if I had known, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure my mother would have arranged it that yeah. I had the SAG. So. Um, yeah, so when I finally saw the movie, mm-hmm. I saw it on TV, the, the American version, mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed that I never told anybody I was mm-hmm. in the film. Wow. I have friends that did not know I had done a film until mm-hmm. this whole revival thing came back. You and know, they're like, convention. wait a minute. Like, like, you were in a movie? You never told movie, me that. Movie, like, you were in a monster. Like, yeah. And not even, because occasionally you hear those stories of like, yeah, I did like this little indie film like mm-hmm. it was blended like a rubber fish monster or something like, like no no you were in a yeah. you're not only were you in a, a movie from the people that made Godzilla you were in a King Kong movie that yeah. got played like got insane play in the United States throughout the the mid 70s and early 80s like there's a I for, for the longest time that when I was a kid I was searching I'm like I gotta find that I'd always see it on cable, but I was a poor kid, so I didn't have cable. Uh-huh. So it was until my dad's friend was like, I got that here. He was like, what, wow. what do you want to watch? I'm like, wow. it's Godzilla stuff. It's Kong. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's just that Kong. I'm like, no, this is fun. He's fighting like a big tiger. There's a robot Kong in it. Yeah. Let well, me no, let me ask you this. Okay. When did you first see all the monsters? When did they finally show oh, all that oh. stuff? I never saw all the monsters, but mm-hmm. what I did see one day, I just... I had some time, and I went to another soundstage, and they were shooting all the little miniatures. Oh, wow. And I watched them shoot the scene where mm-hmm. after Kong has been bombed and he's passed out, mm-hmm. and then they, and then the helicopter lifts him up, takes him away. I watched them shoot that scene. Oh, wow. And that was really very interesting. And uh, they had it, like, on a platform, and mm-hmm. all these little miniature trees. And if you would get down and just look, it looked so real, you know. The details mm-hmm. of the... Everything just, was... A craft, right? Mm-hmm. Like ah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah. So I watched them shoot that scene. Did you? Did you see? Uh, did you notice that you saw Subaraya out there shooting it? Or like, if I did, I didn't know who he was. Just, I didn't know who he was until I started doing conventions. So someone told you, like, this is the this guy. This is that, the guy. Yeah. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Can you tell that story. I go to the commissary every day to eat lunch. Yes. And by myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day. Uh, Toshiro Mifune walked in, and the whole commissary just went silent. Like the old E.F. Hutton mm-hmm. commercials, the whole room just went silent. He was the most gorgeous man I had ever seen. Very regal looking, and, mm-hmm. and he commanded attention just by 
who he was. You know, mm-hmm. his aura was a magnificent, and that was like the highlight of doing King Kong was seeing him in the commissary wow. because he was the man. He was Toho's man. But he, at that, he was internationally known. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. he was a superstar. Yes, like, if people know like he is acting royalty. At yes, that point. absolutely. Like even now here, like you know, like like critics at the time, like Toshio Mifune, like mm-hmm. he's. You know, he might not speak the English language, but he's one of our generation's greatest oh, actors. He, and and he just he carried that everywhere he he went. He he just carried that. Just like aura. an air of regalness mm-hmm. to him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was. I remember that day. It was just day. everyone. It's like the. It's like everyone just everyone being silenced for. Yes. Know, show your respects. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So was, how far were you from him? Like, it just uh, like from like, here to that door. Wow! Yeah, so you were you were within spitting distance. Oh, so yeah. You shared the same room. With the yeah, room. the same right. airspace. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Again, you've lived. You have lived a lot. You're 19 at the thing. You're you're living a hell of a life. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, back to the monsters. So, when did okay. the first time they show you? Like, here's here's here is your co-stars. Here are. I don't recall them ever showing it to me at all. And uh, but I ran into Nakajima-san by mm-hmm. accident, uh-huh. and um, and I had never seen him before. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Oh, this is Kong," and 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 you know he had his head in his hand at the time. <laughs> really? You know? And there happened to be a photographer there, mm-hmm. and I was there. Rose was there, and Rankin was there. Ah. So I have a picture of the four of us. So not, was Nakajima like in his like? He was in suit? his Kong suit. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but holding the head. Kind of I, well, I, he was holding the head at the time, but I think he may have put it put on, on for the. the, the he had the rag on, right? Yeah. Oh, is that what he? Yeah, I don't. I I don't vividly remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the. Then first they said, "Oh, this this is King Kong." I went. He's so little. <laughs> so that was the. That was I didn't your, say that, but I thought. It. So that was your first time seeing him. That was the first and last time. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Did, yeah. So did, you know they're telling you like you know your directions like you're you're you know he's got you in your hand you're climbing Tokyo Tower and there's oh, a robot version of him Tokyo like, Tower. I'm afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. So they they had on the set they had like the you know like like a scaffolding. Yeah. And. Honda said, go. <laughs> and I said, I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. So when you see any scenes where I look afraid doing mm-hmm. that, that's for real. How high up that, are you? I was probably about 10 feet off ground. Ooh, that is, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so. It's just so, they just got like a hard camera on you and you're just screaming, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, the screams in the movie are my screams, by the oh, way. Oh, they kept your screams? They kept my screams. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm partially partially in yeah. it. So you partially have something. So <laughs> again, like you're you're so let me ask real quick because that brings up a thing before uh-huh. I lose it. When you finally watched the American one, like did you notice that like what you were saying? Because again, it's a dub, so it's got to be translated. Did you you did all your lines in English or mm-hmm. Japanese? English? English. So how much of that do you remember got translated over with the person that dubbed? Do you remember like? Just in general, just, I think word for word. Was it word much. for word? Yeah, word okay. for word. But it wasn't the inflection, at it, right? <sighs> she made. I felt mm-hmm. she made me sound like a cartoon. Is how I felt. It's a little high pitched. It's a little high pitched. Uh, and I thought sound, you do. It, it does make you sound like you're 13 years old at times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I thought mm-hmm. for a while. I thought, gosh, is my speaking mm-hmm. voice so bad? They didn't mm-hmm. want to use me. And it turned out it was just Hollywood. Just Hollywood being Hollywood. Hollywood right? being Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's a shame. Yeah. Some, so, so somewhere out there, there's probably like a, there's probably some reels with you, your actual. I dialogue. don't know. God, that, if 
I, if I had a million, I'd, I'd pay a million for it. I wouldn't doubt it. Then they seem that they, there's a lot of stuff that gets kept. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of stuff that people like find at just you know just mm-hmm. off the color. There was a there was an anime film that was thought the actual um, their actual uh, negative was not lost for the longest time. They're like it just disappeared. Yeah. And like two years ago, there was a person looking through archives. He was looking for one movie. And the you know the head of the archives like well here look through it. and the guy's like hey what's this yeah I was like oh I'll, I'll go get it the pull out of like oh my god it's like oh. you didn't have any idea how long we've been looking for this thing it's like it's been here for twenty five years wow. it was just mismarked right so right. clerical error so yeah. good chance yeah. sit in the Toho archives yeah. there's probably you yeah your your original voice your whole performance yeah it's oh. probably sitting there somewhere well there's some scenes in the movie that when I watch I just cringe. You know, but I finally in 2016, mm-hmm. when I was at my friend's house in in um, Austin, they said let's have a King Kong party because mm-hmm. I had not watched it for 40 years or something, mm-hmm. and so we watched it. And um, uh, you know, when you're very critical of your own work because mm-hmm. you always look and sound and act different yeah. than you think you're doing. Yeah. You know, so. I was I I was like I really didn't want to see it, but I I was I said okay fine. So we went and we watched mm-hmm. it, and the very first scene where I'm coming in and they're saluting me and I talk about castor oil, mm-hmm. I went I thought well that's not as bad as it felt. Mm-hmm. And then there's another scene I went oh my god. <laughs> You're <laughs> you like know? okay that was as bad. Oh that was worse than <laughs> <Yeah>. I felt. <laughs> but yeah. you know time you move away from things time you yeah. know changes your perspective yes. on everything. Yes. And at the time I you know when I came back from the uh, Japan to the states I I was studying acting. Mm-hmm. So I was I was serious about doing it for a season. Mm-hmm. And it was just so different from my experience in Japan. The people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hollywood's a different ex- beast. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought I. Hollywood, I'm assuming we're in the 70s now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real, real scumbaggy time. And and, and I experienced mm-hmm. some scumbaggies, and mm-hmm. I just decided that I, honestly, to be truly honest, mm-hmm. the thought was, if I continue doing this, I will lose my soul. And so I said, I, I can't do that. I, 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 you're, that's that is a tale told by many, many mm-hmm. people. I've mm-hmm. studied a lot of a lot of old Hollywood, a lot of Hollywood, and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, like yeah. morals and ethics were not a thing. Yeah. Um, but but when I got my SAG card, mm-hmm. uh, the producer that hired me for my three sons was the uncle of a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it until I was interviewing with him, mm-hmm. and he was very, very, very nice. Oh, good. Ed, Ed, Edmund Hartman, I think his name was. Oh, excellent. So let's 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 wrap up with Colin. Okay. We'll, All right. We're kind of jumping around. Here I a know. Bit. I know. Uh, well, no, that's, that's like one thought leads to another. Oh thought. yeah, because yeah. I again because I'll come. I'm like, wait, I forgot again. You you know when I go back and listen to myself, I'm like. <laughs> I wish I, for, I forgot to answer that. Yeah. So we wrap up Kong. Yes. You go to the premiere. Mm-hmm. You watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that? What does this part lay into? So because you, you did Green Slime, but right after? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's when you finish that they approach you like we want you to do this now. No, no. I my girlfriend and I went to the soundstage 
We went to mm-hmm. Toei, where it was because it was right close to where I live. Because mm-hmm. a friend of hers was in the film, and I don't okay. remember who anybody was. <laughs> uh, she said, "Oh, let's you know, let's go over and see what's mm-hmm. going on." And so we went over just as spectators. And the director came up to both of us and said, "Would you like to be in my movie?" We said, "Sure." <laughs> and and did he know you were in Kong at that point? I, or was he I just like think. you're, you know, you look American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a Caucasian. Come yeah. on, you're a foreign girl. Caucasian. <laughs> <laughs> so we just did that for fun, you know. Wow. Yeah, and and so I thought no one's when I saw those monsters, mm-hmm. the green slime. Yeah. I said, no one's going to watch this monsters. movie. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, there's a bunch of like there's a bunch of nerdy kids. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. this is so cool. Oh my yeah. <laughs> so when okay, so you're so. After Green Slime, uh-huh. where were we at? Like after Gr- after Green Slime, uh, my I had a different agent at the time. She got me a guest spot on, uh, I think, Man of Seven Faces or the Seven Faces of Man. It was a I always get that mixed mm-hmm. up. It was a weekly TV show, like a detective type show. Okay. And so uh, I was the guest star that week, and I played uh, a foreign princess. Oh. Who they were trying to assassinate. Oh. So and I got to speak Japanese and I was oh, cool. I was so so excited. Do you have a copy of that? Like yes. you, oh, okay. So you have your work. You well your I don't have everything work is somewhere. Yeah. But you do I have, have a copy of you that. have you have some representation of mm-hmm. this is the work I, I don't know what into. condition it's in. It's been mm-hmm. in, you know one of those big reels, so yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty. I guarantee it's probably on DVD in Japan somewhere. So <laughs> they put everything on on DVD yeah, now. Yeah. So so I did that, and that was like around. We're like getting around Christmas, and then I was leaving in January, and my agent said, you know, there there may be an opportunity for them to offer you a series, mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, I'm 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm living on base, so I have an American life, mm-hmm. and then I go out and have this other Japanese life. Mm-hmm. But if I stay in Japan, it's going to be all Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I wasn't ready to do it, so I said, "No, I don't think mm-hmm. I need to go back home." You know. So you had your, as they call it, the cup of coffee right there in the industry for yeah. a minute. Yeah. And then you said, well, "I'm going back." Yeah. And um, I think it was the right decision, but sometimes. I mm-hmm. kick myself and say, what if, you know? Yeah, I mean, we all, we all have those moments. Yeah. It's like, what if, but what if? I, was, I was 19, but I was pretty, a young 19. Because mm-hmm. being an only child, my parents kept really close reins on me. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and I'm glad so they did. You move back, you moved back to the States. Uh-huh. Where do you end up at? North Hollywood, North on Hollywood. Lancashire Boulevard. Wow, okay. <laughs> it has That's Hollywood good. in the name. <laughs> so, uh, on Lancashire Boulevard, near Universal Studios, and that's when I started studying acting. Rhodes uh, was a family friend at the time, mm-hmm. and he set me up with an acting teacher, Estelle. So you guys Harmon. did keep in touch afterwards. Yeah, we did for oh, quite fantastic. a while. Fantastic. Yeah, up until when he did uh, in Broadway, he did Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was done with that, he came to see us, uh, and then that was oh gosh, eighty something maybe was the last mm-hmm. time we saw him. Yeah. But so we, I came back to the states and studied acting, and and uh, then we moved to Laurel Canyon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, better. yeah, a better, a little much, bit better, much better yeah. area. And um, for those who don't know Southern California, especially the greater LA area, like <laughs> North Hollywood, even today is not exactly um, what you would call uh, scenic. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 the yeah, it's yeah. We'll yeah. just call it yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's not prime real estate and perfect. And and I was in this big, huge complex. Oh. And I had like a little studio apartment. So you and moved back what seventy nineteen seventy nineteen seventies yeah. Ooh, so were you were you out here for the um, for the uh, Silmar earthquake then? Oh yeah. Ooh, so you're living on the valley. Oh man. But I wasn't living in the valley then. Okay. I was living in West L- West LA at the okay, time. Okay, so yeah, you put yourself some distance. Yeah. Oof, but still. And like, I was here for the uh, what's the other earthquake? Northridge. Oh, you were here for Northridge. I was here that, for Northridge. That was- yeah, I was living in, in near Pine, in Pine Mountain Club by the Grapevine. Okay. And we even felt it up there. Good Lord. I, and and my, I had to go pick my aunt up at the airport. And one, you know, on I five, one of the the bridges was out. Oh. So yeah. I had to go down through. Oh gosh. You coming through the fourteen? You're not coming down. Well, the fourteen was inaccessible. I had to go. In my mind. Yeah. I had to go this way. Uh, to, by the ocean, then go all the way down. They go. Yeah, it was like a three-hour trip. Yeah, for the, again, the yeah. North, I, people don't understand. If you weren't around here for that, like Northridge, just messed everything up. That, and was, I that owned, was frightening. I owned a condo mm-hmm. in um, Tarzana that I rented out to two women from New York. Yeah, how did that hold up? Uh, and there was damage. I got a call that yeah. day. We're moving back to New York. Yeah, oh, I bet you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, busting my lease. I, you, know, <laughs> so, you know, okay. I'm, I'm four years old when I'm living in Norwalk. My, you know, my my family was in Norwalk. We had the Whittier quake. So when was that? Eighty-eight. I was here for that. You were here for that. Yeah. That one was a that one was a rock because we were so close to that one, like. So that one shook pretty well. Cause 88, we're, I was living in probably Glendale or Pasadena so you probably at the time. Felt, it was, it was felt yeah. very well. That was a, it was a, that was, but Northridge, that was 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Everybody, like, either going to work or you're in your underwear leaping out of the, yeah. like, my dad grabbing me from the, like, I woke, I remember waking up in that one and just the whole, ha- like, it felt like a bomb was dropping. Mm-hmm. Our vert, like, we had verticals. They were touching the ceiling, that's how yeah. violently everything was shaking. Even as far away as we were, we yeah. had stuff falling off the shelves and breaking, you know. Again, like, I, I know people that, that tell me, like, you live in California, man. That's earthquakes. I'm like, it doesn't matter where you live. There's always, yeah. you, you you have to pay a price for, with nature with depending where you're at. I would rather experience an earthquake than a tornado. Because a tornado, you have fear all the way. Yeah. Earthquake, it happens and it's over with. You People know? who listen to the show know me. Like my, it's my life dream. I need uh, to go storm chasing one. Uh, that's one I've been. Did to you a hear volcano. about the three kids that were storm oh, chasing? Sad. That? Yeah. yeah, very. That sad. was from Nor- Norman. Wow. Yeah, I know that. That again, I'm. I, I, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I follow all those circles and mm-hmm. that, like. That whole weekend, which mm-hmm. was that, and then Kansas, like, it, we're getting that topic of, of, of natural disasters and stuff. Yeah, but yeah that was, oof. Yeah. But, uh, oof, yeah. So, anyway, beyond earthquakes and okay. all that good stuff. So, you're back out here. Uh-huh. So, when you realize acting's not for you, mm-hmm. what do you decide to do? Well, I figured I'm a girl and I become a secretary. <laughs> so, I started working for DirecTV. Mm-hmm. And, um... I just thought, you know, this is like a no nowhere job. So then I would look in the paper, and they were, you know, willing to train loan officers. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, that sounds like fun. So I got the job, and I was there about four months, learned the basics. Mm-hmm. There about four months, and this is an example of not looking before I leave. And I mm-hmm. thought, I'll start my own company. <laughs> so I, you know, me, myself, and I started mm-hmm. a mortgage company. Wow. And then I was a mortgage broker for, mm-hmm. gosh, 20-some years. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. And so... Um, 
ups and downs with that. I mean, you know, mostly was, ups. Mostly ups. Mostly nice. ups. Were you My, working out here, out here in California? Yeah. With it? Oh, nice. Yeah. So when I was living in Pasadena, private estate yeah. there, and um, I, I I loved it because I kept my own hours. You know, mm. I advertised in in La Opinion, I advertised <laughs> there, and a, I did not do purchases because I don't mm. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Just enough. Mm. So, um, but I did a lot of refis. Okay, and. Um, and I just, you know, was so successful at it. 80s and 90s? Yeah, that's point? before, you know, they had the uh, credit scores. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't know if this is understandable to you, but, you know, if somebody didn't have perfect credit, we could write a letter explaining it. Mm-hmm. And the better you could write, the more they would believe you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. So, and, and my market was the Hispanic market mostly. Oh, so yeah. So you're because I was told that... Never mind. Anyway, my mm-hmm. that that was my market. Well, yeah. People, again, you didn't live out here in Southern California. You, it, it's the '80s and '90s was a big change. Like there was, I mean, it, the, the population and like the, the face of everything changed out there. So that was a very growing. That was a big growing market at the time. Yeah, I did very very well, and uh, and um, when'd you call it a day on that? Ninety four. Ninety four. Oh wow! I had I went through a bad divorce. And I just needed to change, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought, I need something with four seasons. I need rain <laughs> and snow and, you know, sun. And, all. and so um, through a course of events, I wound up in Oklahoma for a year. Mm-hmm. And then I wound up in Virginia, and that's where I'm at now. And Virginia, you get four seasons out there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We don't, uh, in Richmond, you don't get, you know, the snowstorms that you mm-hmm. do in D.C. or Buffalo or up in that yeah. area. Uh, we get maybe two snowstorms a year. Still and then something. after four days, it's gone, you yeah. know. So just enough to look really pretty. Yeah. You're not buried like if you're up in the, you know. But the year the, I came to Virginia was mm-hmm. 95. That 95, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the Nor'easter that oh went my. across the entire I couldn't get out of my East house. Coast. Yeah. Oh. When they, when, uh, what did I think I, Orlando got snow. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I, it was insane. Yeah. I could not open the door to get out of my house for five <laughs> days. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, I remember that was the that was the turning point of my interest in like meteorology mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm like, they got snow in Florida yeah. and I remember like my grandfather was like, Yeah, the tax nuts, how they get Oh my god. And I was like, yeah. I'm glad we're not there. It's like yeah. but I understand if, again, people who you've done not from Southern California, you yeah. have two seasons out here, hot and not so hot. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. But I miss that and mm-hmm. I miss the dryness because back east, even though Virginia's not that bad, mm-hmm. it's still humid. Oh you yeah. Know? And I have really straight hair, mm-hmm. so no matter what I do, it, it just looks phrases. just like this. No, oh, it yeah. goes like that. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so yes, you lived a life. You lived. Mm-hmm. You lived this. You, you've gone off of it. You put all this behind you. Mm-hmm. You were you were a young upstart when you were doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. When does it come back around? When does it, when does this like become like the thing where like again you know it doesn't sound like you were like you, you, you again there. Unlike some, like some people were like, oh, I did this when I was a kid. I don't want anything to do. Like, there's a little bit of shame. It sounds like you were just like, this is a thing I did, and I moved on. That was then, mm-hmm. and this is now. Yeah. That was that part of my life, and mm-hmm. has nothing to do with this part. Exactly, I thought. <laughs> so when when does when, when do we get when do they drag you back in? <laughs> um, it was in 2015. Mm-hmm. I'm at work, mm-hmm. and I get a phone call. And the guy says, hi, my name is Brett Homnick, mm-hmm. and I live in Japan. And I said, oh, I used to live in Japan. He says, I know. He says, I've been looking for you. Mm-hmm. And 
I thought, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Opening sinister. Yes, what did I do yeah, that yeah. I thought like, I got do I away owe with? Back taxes? <laughs> like, like, yeah. And uh, he said, no, no. He says, you know, we've been looking for you because of King Kong Escapes. And I said, well, how did you find me? Mm-hmm. He said, well, that's an interesting story because a friend of yours in Japan knows your middle name. You know, Linda Miller, how many hundreds of millions are there? Exactly, know? yeah. He says, a friend of yours in Japan knew your middle name. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's how I found you. And I said, who's that friend? And he said, Natsuki Yosuke. Mm-hmm. Well, I about had a heart attack because Natsuki was my boyfriend oh, from King Kong Escapes. Okay. And uh, he was like my first love. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I was like, wow. So at that moment, I listened to everything the man had to say. You know, I was no longer defensive. So he just explained to me that there was a big following. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, and, um, you know, conventions and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And he wanted to do an article for G-Fan. Okay. So I said, okay. You know, so we Skyped a couple of times. And and then... um, I had lost track of Natsuki in 75, I believe it's the last mm-hmm. time we spoke. And so he and I communicated, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just really, really nice, you know. It's like, what have you been doing? You're kind yeah. of like, what, what, what have you been doing? Like, you it, have yeah. somebody even seen that was important in your life for a while. Yeah. Go a long time. It's like, okay, I need to hear this. Yeah. Like, what's been yeah. going on? So. And, and, and we didn't speak on the phone, but we, you know, emailed. And mm-hmm. so there was a little bit of difficulty mm-hmm. because of the language. Because I would try and do it in, uh, here, you know, in phonetically. Yeah. And uh, it didn't work. So. <laughs> so they're very short and sweet emails. So that, so you get brought in, so you do the article. At that point, is it, is it hitting you that, like, there is a you know, a culture for all this stuff. There's like a fan base or to you, is it still just this dopey little movie that I did? No, and it, it wasn't ever a dopey little movie. It was just mm-hmm. something I did, mm-hmm. you know, that I didn't think anybody would ever see. Um, I, the, my reaction was, I said to my mom, you're not going to believe this, you know, and I told mm-hmm. her, you know, I never thought anything more would come of it, but he said, will you promise me that mm-hmm. that if anybody else approaches you, you won't do anything until after the magazine comes out? Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I promise you. Then I get a call from somebody wanting me to go to Orlando with Takarada and Nakajima, uh-huh. and I said, I can't, I gave somebody a promise yeah. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> So now, you know, so mm-hmm. that was in 2015. So when did you do your first show? 2015. 2015. In, um, oh crap, I'm so terrible with names. Mm-hmm. Chiller. In, okay, so you In North, North, New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Um, the so, big market, that's a huge show too. Yeah, so I, it was really funny because I got a, um, a, a I got an email from mm-hmm. Jim. Mm-hmm. introducing himself and telling mm-hmm. me what he wanted to do. And I emailed him back, I can't do that because I gave my word I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Then I get this this thing from UPS, and I thought it was from a, like another company that I didn't want to do business with. Mm-hmm. It sat on my desk for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Then one day I opened it, and there was a letter from Takarada. Oh. And a picture sign, you know, oh, you must come, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then, so then I called Jim and said, okay, so tell me what you want it, you know, and mm-hmm. that's how it started. Now, when you, when, we'll put a pin in the talk about a thing for a second, because okay. we're going to come back to that. Okay. Uh, but I want to, I, I need, we got to, I want to hear the end of this, this, where we're at, because this is leading to where we're at today. Mm-hmm. When you do your first show, like, what were you expecting going in there? I said to my mom, I hope I don't get embarrassed and nobody will want an autograph. Mm-hmm. So I, I was I, th- mm-hmm. I didn't think anybody would want an autograph. Mm-hmm. So 
I get there and I'm just kind of like, I didn't know what to, how do I dress? What do, you know, mm-hmm. what do I say? And, uh, it was very successful. Mm-hmm. And it was like, G Fest was my most successful and Chiller was my next. Wow. And I, I, first of all, all the freaks that were walking by, yeah. all these costumes yeah, and stuff. Because that's a horror show. Oh, that's, that was really quite yeah. an eye opener. So you got people to dress like Pinhead. And oh, uh, yeah. Because that's, I'm like, you know, for people that listen to go to G Fest, G Fest is G Fest. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all there for, if you've never been to a horror convention, especially something like a Monster Palooza where people go hard on their makeup effects, these are people that love, they're gore hounds. So you got people like head wounds walking yeah, around, yeah. and it's Jason, and they are like, got, it looks like they got like weird bondage, hellraiser <laughs> yeah. stuff going on. And so, and I found it fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't get freaked out by it. I just thought, wow, this is really. Because cool. I'm assuming you, I, I just, you know, I'm just assuming you're not the biggest horror fan in the world. Yeah, and you don't strike me as someone who I don't enjoys like the words and guts. Yeah, you know, you said someone that's not like I enjoy a nice Clyde Barker movie on on a weekend. <laughs> well, I remember seeing Carrie. Mm-hmm. That's like as far as I'm willing yeah, to go. Exactly. The blood, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so you're so this you you dumped you dived right into the deep end mm-hmm. on that first time. That was that the the calling of like, okay, I can do more of these, or was that like I'm just doing this and maybe that's all anybody wanted. To know. I had no expectations. It's mm-hmm. like this is cool. They're paying my way to get mm-hmm. there. They're renting me a hotel mm-hmm. and they're buying me food and I might make a couple dollars. Awesome. And I thought, why wouldn't I want mm-hmm. to do it? So, I mean, I really had no expectations. I, I was a, a little concerned mm-hmm. that I would be embarrassed mm-hmm. because nobody would want my autograph. And, and then uh, it turns out that is that quite was not, the opposite. That was not the case. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, a fellow from uh, that convention that still we are, you know, uh, Facebook friends, you mm-hmm. know, and talk every once in a while on Facebook. And it just, uh, I was, I was just surprised that there was a following for this, you know. Well, I mean, this in the internet day and age, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a nerdish sub level for every type of <laughs> fandom. But I mean, yeah. even this, I mean, like Tommy, you know, and I both, we, we came out during the what we call the dark days, like when it's like. Wait, you like Godzilla too? Like I like Godzilla, and it wasn't just like, oh yeah, I like those 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 corny Godzilla. It's like, no, dude, like you know, you see Godzilla, like you go find the bootlegs because no one, there's no distributor over here, and like I got Godzilla versus Destroyer, like come over to my house and we'll watch it, like those days. And now it's like, you know, you, you the internet has made everything the. You came in right at the beginning, uh, like you you jumped in as what I you know a bit of a renaissance was going on, the. Uh, Legendary film came out. Mm-hmm. There's a whole generation of kids who are now like, oh, this isn't, this isn't like, you know, when I was a kid, it was like you had Power Rangers, which were cool, or you had, um, you were watching, you know, it's just anything that wasn't, it, you brought up like, I'm watching these old monster movies. It was like, why? Like, there's other cool stuff out there. Well, so, you know, a fellow uh, that works for us, his son's about five years old, mm-hmm. and I wore my Godzilla jacket to work. Mm-hmm. And he saw it and he said, oh, my God, don't let my son see that. Mm-hmm. And he just said, he'll go crazy, you know. That is that has been the thing doing this, yeah. uh, working. Because I, I do conventions myself and just seeing, like, there's, like, five, six-year-olds are coming and they're all decked out Godzilla stuff. I'm like, it, it, enjoy this kid because you don't know how good you have it. But it does, it, it makes my grinchy heart grow <laughs> three times bigger because it's like, Yes, finally. finally. This is, people are taking this seriously. Yeah. People are enjoying it for what they are. These yeah. are they're fun feats of fantasy. Like, yes. 
and they are, they're, I mean, not only that, but it's like, you can show them to anybody. Like, they are family-friendly films. And I'm, I'm, it, again, it does my heart great joy to see that you yourself are being appreciated for that as mm-hmm. well. Well, I tell everybody I get as much out of it as the fans mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And um, right after um, Chiller, mm-hmm. that was in October, then in January we went to Japan. Oh, so I got MacArthur a, returning to the yeah. Philippines. I got a free flight to Japan. Mm-hmm. I got my hotel paid mm-hmm. for. I got my food paid for, and I got to do three conventions while I was wow. there with Takarada and Nakajima. Oh. And then one convention was with Takarada and Natsuki. Uh, so the three of us. So it was, it was a complete. You know, because I kind of never got over Natsuki, mm-hmm. uh, but it was like that. Mm-hmm. That get, was like God closure. blessing me, saying, "Okay, now you can have closure." Yes. So I got to meet him again. Mm-hmm. We talked. We had dinner a couple of times, and it was like, "Okay, now that's put to bed." Yeah. You know? Plus, I got to make some money while I was Even there. Better. So what was yeah. it like going back? It was different. <laughs> Japan had changed. <laughs> it changed a lot. I remember all the tall buildings, mm-hmm. you know, and there weren't a lot of tall, tall buildings mm-hmm. when I was there. And I noticed that the younger generation was taller than I am. And when I was there, we were all the same size, you know. So they were taller, and I it it was surprising. But um, the food and the little sh- I love the little shops, you know. Mm-hmm. All of that was still there, and the feeling of being in Japan was great. What year was that? 2016, January. So then you went to Palooza right after that. I went to Palooza right after that. Yeah. That was the first time we got to meet you. Yeah. It's when you came out to the and West And you know Coast. what? You know what's amazing? Mm-hmm. The star of that was, you know, Nakajima-san. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the year I, I met. Yeah. That was my second time meeting him. I, I, the first time was that 2011 show. Uh, you know, it was like five, like the first time he like he came out to the West right. Coast. I'm like, yep, yeah. yeah. I waited two and a half hours in line to get in because that show had blown up already. The night before, that was the night that Guillermo del Toro. Um, Edgar Wright, John Favreau, and J.J. Abrams all walked in. With you know, I think Favreau and Abrams have their have their kids. So Guillermo and and uh, you know that that show at the time it's a bunch of horror nerds. So it's just <laughs> we're we're walking around. We're all like everyone is decked on their leather jacket or you know their hoodie like, and we are spending money on you know hand sculpted you know thing replicas and stuff like that. And it's like oh my god, there goes Guillermo del Toro. He's oh, wearing his legend. He's getting ready to do Pacific Rim at the time, and you know, everyone, like people are like, "What? What, what do you like?" Royalty yeah. again. It's yeah. the royalty has walked into the building, yeah. and everyone's like, "Oh my God!" They're like here. They're like, and this again. It's, it's the 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 scenes have brought a lot of people together. Like twenty years ago, you're, you're into horror. Like no, no, that's just, you're the weirdo that lives in the basement. Now it's like no, no. Like yeah. you know, these are they're successful people that run like. I I I've, I knew a dentist who ran a very very you know uh, well off uh, uh, practice, and this guy had like the biggest Halloween collection I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. He's like, dude, I got a replica of the deck. It's got Lori's blood on it. Like, awesome, man. That's that. I love hearing that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that that of all my experiences, going to Japan mm-hmm. and then being with Takarada and uh, Nakajima, and then being with them again. Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about that for a okay. moment. Uh, as uh, as we record this, we're about I think almost a month out now since the you know unfortunate yes. passing of Takarada. Yes. 
Uh, do you have any, uh, like, we're, I mean, if you heard the, if you heard the beginning of this, Jessica's talked her tales. I, I want to hear your stories. Do you have any, do you have any tales of the man? Like, Pro- probably not as exciting as you want. Well, um, no, because from, if, if I got, I had the pleasure of meeting him twice. He was nothing but a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He was full of life. Mm-hmm. Like this guy, like he's in his eighties, and mm-hmm. not only that, but it's like you're going to live to like a hundred. Like yeah. you got the you. I don't know what you you have in you, but like the world yeah. needs it because yeah. you have just joy radiating yeah. out of yeah. you. He uh, on the set when <clears throat> I met him, um, he was just very friendly, mm-hmm. and because I could speak Japanese, we would talk in between takes and stuff. I, I remember one of the scenes where in, we're in the submarine, you know, and the two of us are sticking out of the submarine, and in between takes, just talking and him telling me about how he, you know, he met his wife and his kids and, you know, just normal everyday stuff and how did you get the part, Linda Sun, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he was very easy to talk to. He did not have a star attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, some other people did, but he did not have a star attitude. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just was very, very nice to talk with. And he um, he was not intimidated by Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And and they just had a, a great relationship. So it was like the three of us on the set. Mm-hmm. Rhodes was, you know, a lot older. Well, Tucker Rod was older than I was too, but Rhodes was a lot older yeah. than I he was. Was, like, he was, in he was in his 40s, I think, at yeah. the time. So, you know, Tucker Rod and I were like buddies, and he mm-hmm. was like daddy kind yeah. of thing, you know. And, um, so you were 19, Tyrod had to be like in his 30s at the point. Was he that old? He was 20 when he did Godzilla, so that was 54, so we're doing... Oh, yeah, he's yeah. 30s. Well, <clears throat> Natsuki was in his 30s, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, but Rhodes is, you know, he, I mean, he looks all of a like, man, about 43, 44. Like, yes, he, he, he's a man, he's like that. He was my mom's age, and, mm-hmm. and my mom was in her 40s okay, at the time. So yeah. Yeah. He was about right. Yeah, they, they were the <clears throat> same age. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't have any weird stories or anything about filming. Just, he just was very, very nice. But how, now, when you, when he sent you that package. You, yeah. Well, but, how, what, you know, is there anything, you know, what was, what was it, was it, that was that, like, come out with us? Like, there, uh, it was a picture of he and I that mm-hmm. he signed. And from the film. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, a note that says, please, please come to Orlando or please come, you know, wherever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just went, oh. Yeah, and I, and I th- because I trusted him, you mm-hmm. know, from our experience, I thought, oh, if he's doing it, then it must be legit. It's not some sleazy agent, yeah. you know, putting you in a position that you're in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, because that was one of my yeah, concerns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he sent that to me, it was like Jim knew exactly what he was doing when he had him <laughs> send that, you know. I went, oh, okay, I guess it's safe, yeah. you know. You yeah. Put you know the rap out there. It's like, eh, you convince her. Mm-hmm. Do you still have that uh, picture? I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now you guys, re- now you guys got to reconnect on the on the road. Then what was that? Yeah. Like? Um, when we were in Japan, he was a little grumpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we did uh, Nak- Nakajima, he and I, we did one. Their conventions are totally different, mm-hmm. but we did one convention together. Uh, and we all had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Then a day later, just uh, Takarada, Natsuki and I, and he was just, a, I think he was tired. Mm-hmm. He was a, a little bit grumpy, but he wasn't grumpy to me. Yeah, yeah. He was just like, oh, I'm tired of waiting. Why don't they get there, mm-hmm. you know, together? Uh, you know, like a, there was some lollygagging going on. It was, like- it, was t- it was not 
very well. I don't. It's not that it wasn't well run, but there was one part mm-hmm. that was way too long of us just sitting around yeah, doing nothing. Right. He does not suffer fools in their their, no. their procrastination. No, and yes. he let he let it be known, mm-hmm. and uh, that person got got the hint. Excellent. You know. But he and uh, he and Natsuki at the time were taking my name and dissecting it mm-hmm. into Japanese. You know how they have the little stamps? Yeah. You know, and they were taking my name and dissecting it. And I can't remember what they said about it, but, but it, uh, you know. So we just sat there and talked, the three of us. So that was 2015? That's 2016. 2016. So when was the last time you got to see him? In G-Fest. G-Fest. 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we sat next to each other, and, um, you know, it's funny. He brought out of me the Japanese part of me, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, Did it come back like riding a bicycle? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because it's like that's what I was trained yeah. to do, like, you know, serve him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it wasn't like a big deal or anything, yeah. but I found myself, like, wanting to take care of him. Mm-hmm. He didn't need taking care yeah, of yeah. but, you know, I found myself wanting to do that. And uh, he was really nice, and he, he did a whiteboard, and it said, Shin I, mm-hmm. Shin is believe, and I mm-hmm. is love. He says, believe in love. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, so that was the last time I saw him. And I got so mad because I almost was able to see him mm-hmm. in 2019 at G-Fest. Mm-hmm. It was all set up. And I just had a sense, I'm not going to have a lot of opportunities to be with him again. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. And when it fell apart, I was a combination of pissed off, mm-hmm. angry, heartbroken, mm-hmm. and just furious. You know, yeah. all of those things at once. And then... Um, and then I had an opportunity in March of this year to go to Boston, mm-hmm. but because of COVID yeah. um, and all that, and then he died. And I, uh-huh. So I try not to be unforgiving about 2019, yeah. but there's a little bit of me that, you know, wants to slap somebody. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, look, we don't, if you, you know, for those of us who've had loss in our lives, I mean, I've had several instances of that myself, you know, where... You know, I, you know, I, it, there's 10 years on, there's still, there's two people that I'm like, I had the opportunity to go. Yeah. I didn't go. Mm-hmm. And I kick myself every day. Yeah. For it. But there are times you still think like, okay, well, you know what? You know, like, you know, not for nothing, but my father just passed away this year. Mm-hmm. I got to see him the day before Christmas and he died two weeks later. I just out of, out of the blue. Oh, wow. But I think about that. And I'm like, I spent... The last time I saw my father, because he was sick, he was bedridden himself. So, uh-huh. and because of COVID, it's like, oh, yeah. I, you can't like. They're like, you know, I, you know, even fully vaxxed, it's like his, you know, his nurse was like, you have to, you know, touch and go coming in here, man, because he, you know, his condition is like we can't vax him. So, you know, I got to spend Christmas Eve with him. It was great. You know, I, you know, I hugged him, gave him a kiss on the head, said I'll see you later, and uh-huh. that was the last time I ever I talked to him and. You know, again, uh, you know, I don't mean, you know, but there are those things that's like, you know, it's like I could have seen one too, but you think about it when you, you get those moments of clarity, you're like, you get mad about the opportunities of loss, but do you really think about the opportunity you did get? Yeah. The last time. If it ended, you know, it ended on a good note, be thankful for that. So, I mean, look, I mean, how many, it went, what, 40 years? (laughs) Yeah. In between? (laughs) Never even thought about him, you know? He never thought about me, you know? You guys, you guys got to reconnect and everything. That's the cool thing about it is the three of us Mm -hmm. got to reconnect. I never had any 
dealings with Nakajima-san. Mm-hmm. So I had an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. to get to know him. He was very funny. Mm-hmm. He liked his women. <laughs> he liked the young girls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just, it, I'm very grateful for that because, yes. you know, I, I look at my life and so much of it I didn't plan out. Most of it just happened to me. Mm-hmm. And even though there was bad things that happened, like everybody, I've been really, really lucky in my life and very you, fortunate. You have lived, yeah. and please take this in the spirit which thing, you've lived a very gump-like lifestyle. You've, you've jumped <laughs> into these incredible moments yeah. just of, of pure happenstance. But mm-hmm. part of it is you got moxie. I love, I love that. I love, I'm listening, I'm like, God No one's ever told me that. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Like, most people, again, most people are like, oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. I'm like, you're like, why don't you, why not? Let's go in. Let's do it. Like, you, you took the bull by the horns, and not only that, you rode that bull. You rode it into the sunset. Like, you, oh my gosh. Oh, you've lived a hell of a life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I applaud it. Like, again, this is a part of the reason I love doing, doing, doing podcasts, interviews like this, because, especially, you know, my favorite thing is the, the people, and again, please take this in spirit with you too. Uh-huh. People, you know, there are people who go, I want to talk to Brad Pitt. I'm like, no, no. I want to talk to the person that was next to Brad Pitt. Because uh, that person has stories. Has, has better stories yeah. than a Brad Pitt does. The writers have better stories. The 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 person like the second, you know, you I mean you are like you are the I mean, you are top build in this movie. Like it's yeah. you, it's Tucker on it's Rhodes. Like yeah. you you have a starring role. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. More than the Yeah. Yes. More than the girl who's in a Bond movie. I know. Yes. More than the girl who's in a Bond movie. And not only that, but again, like, you hear your story, and it's incredible. I'm sitting here, I'm enthralled. I had no idea you got to meet uh, Arthur Ranklin. Like, oh. things like this. Like this Arthur, is Arthur and some big shot from Toho, I don't mm-hmm. even know who he is now. Arthur Hamamie and I had dinner together oh, in Tokyo. And when he would come to town, mm-hmm. you know, come back, because he'd go back and forth from New yeah. York, then we'd all get together. Again. And I have to, I have to say one thing. Mm-hmm. He was very gentlemanly. Like an old, like old, old school old gentleman. School. Yes. Excellent. Oh, so that's, you that's, tell a story about when you fought for Takarada's son to give me his. Uh, oh yeah, we were at Chiefs, <laughs> and Takarada's son made a whiteboard for him. Was it a whiteboard? A whiteboard for him. And I was sitting next to Takarada, and Tommy was in front, and I had just met him at, mm-hmm. at Monster Palooza, you know, mm-hmm. a couple months earlier, and. You know, he pay he charged for his whiteboard, but this whiteboard he wanted mm-hmm. to give to to Tommy without payment. He wanted mm-hmm. as a gift. Yeah. And Tim was standing there and said, "Okay, it's uh, fifty dollars or whatever." Mm-hmm. And I said, "No, no, no." He said mm-hmm. it was a gift, you know. Mm-hmm. So and, and then Tim backed off. <laughs> was because I, I when he had come in, uh, Takarada's son came in for uh, something at Palooza, mm-hmm. Monster Palooza, the old, yeah. the old location, and they were just sitting the Burbank one, right? Him and Nakajima, yeah, Asan, and then we're there. Uh, he was just mm-hmm. sitting there, and I said, "Do you want me to take you mm-hmm. around?" And he's all, "Sure." So I, I showed him the show. Mm-hmm. So we went to every booth, walked around. He met Terry from Motion, uh, Monsters in Motion, um, signed some stuff for him, mm-hmm. and and I think he might have remembered that from. And he from returned me. the kindness yes. that you gave yes. him. It's a that's yeah. that's a man of class right there. Yes, yeah. and I asked him if he wanted to eat something, if he wanted to. I think we got a snack for Nakajima-san because he was busy chatting up the women and speaking. <laughs> yes. Catching a cigarette and chatting That's up the women. That's the those, those, the, like, I think we, you and I did uh, a dinner 
after Monster Palooza one time. It was you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And they walked in, and then they were like, "Was that the whole crew?" You might have actually been there. I was there in sixteen. Yeah. yeah, I think you guys wanted. You guys were the next table. Yeah, we're we're just like, oh, look who walked in! Like the crew just walked in. Like I think it was the Sunday too. It was like the show's over. Like let's go grub, and all of a sudden, here comes the here comes the crew walking, and we're like, ah, oh, like there go the stars. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it was a great time, and I I. Thank you oh, so welcome. much Thank because you. again, like I, I like you know, I've heard you know many of your tales already, but there's still, there is still a minus stuff that I had no idea about. Really, these are oh, I, I, I and I love hearing, I love hearing them. You got to write a book one day. You got to sit down. You got to write a book. You know, you're not the first person who's told me I'm, that. I doubt, I doubt <laughs> I am. But you have again. That that's an incredible story. That's a just alone. Your 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 what, two and a half, three years in Japan. Two and a half. That is a movie in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, that is an incredible tale. Yeah. So I'm like again, like that's it, it, why why I love you. I love I want I love getting people's stories, mm-hmm. making sure that you know and like again as you know Takarada's gone, but at least. His story got to be told. Yeah. People will know who yeah, he is for definitely. years to go on. Do you know we did uh, um, in San Francisco last year in August? Remember the name? Oh, uh, the Godzilla. Oh, the Godzilla Fest. Yeah. Bob Johnson. Bob Johnson. Yeah. And I had never seen Godzilla. Really? I had never seen it before. I never really? seen, I've never never watched seen it. it. So, so you get to start so around as a strapping young man. The like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. And I went in and watched it, and he mm-hmm. looked so young. Oh, my, it almost wasn't recognizable. He was so young. 54? He was. So yeah. Like, yeah, he was 20, I think, 20, 20 when he did it. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, that, that band had a hell of a career. Oh, yes. 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. he could sing and he could dance. So he could do. So Jack, he, he again. People, again, people, uh, my age and under do not understand that back in those days in the fifties and sixties, it wasn't enough just to be an actor, especially if you were like any sort of performer. Like you had to sing, you had to dance, you had to kind of be a jack of all trades. Even Amamoto, mm-hmm. you know, Doctor Who. Yeah. After the show, uh, the film wrap, he invited us to his, you know, his that he, mm-hmm. he invited us to come watch him in Fantasia. On, on stage. Wow. And he sang and he danced. That's awesome. Yeah. Dr. Who. <laughs> again, they're... And they're, he had the skinniest little legs you ever did see. They're, they're, that, that generation had a level of talent that mm-hmm. I don't think people today appreciate. And Toho uh, groomed everybody and mm-hmm. taught them, you know... That's how, this, that's how the studio... Like the old, old yeah. Hollywood used to again, do. Again, that's what you had to... Like, oh, you can act? Okay, but you need to be more. Like, if you wanted to be a true star, mm-hmm. you had to do it all. Yeah. So, but, Yeah, and, and Natsuki was telling me he was on uh, um, Mifune's Seven Samurai. Or Samurai yeah, Seven one. Samurai. Yeah, he, uh, because he was just coming up. He was, mm-hmm. in, you know, with the studio, and he was in training, and so he was in that film. You know. Like, again, you have touched, like, cornerstones of not only just like like the kaiju genre, but just in term, term like like film royalty like, you, <laughs> like again you you like you Kevin Bacon did a little bit you, you got you got the six degrees there like <laughs> well, and, and none of that but you're here you're tell, and you were you were off living a life like not knowing that like there's people out here like Tommy and I that 
like this means the world to us. And now, like I'm again, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so thank much for telling you for our asking story. Me, honestly, this this was absolutely fantastic. I'm, you know, Jessica, it, you know, we we're listening. You know, you already heard, but Jessica wishes she could be here because she loves I, you to death. I she wish. loves you to death. So. <laughs> I tell her I love her. Well, mm-hmm. Jessica, I love your blue hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to wrap it up here. You guys will hear the end of the show as we get. So, thank Linda, thank you once again. Thank you so much, Chris. We're going to have you back on for something. We're going to get you. Has anybody getting you to do a proper, a proper, we got to get you to do a proper commentary for King Kong one day. No. We'll get you, you know, we'll get, we'll sit you down. I am open to everything. We'll sit you, we'll come, when you come back honest. in, we'll get you, when Jessica's ready. I'm sorry, I get excited. I know. <laughs> An opportunity. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, like, coming up because yeah. we're, we're, the show's, we're expanding what we're doing. All the things I've always wanted to do is commentaries because again, I'm sitting here. I got my figures because we're doing photo op, but I also got the DVD. Uh-huh. And again, you know, growing up, especially as a, I'm a film nut, so I love my extra features. You know what? None of these have no extra features whatsoever. So the Japanese. One you did? Did you one. do? Did you yes. do one? You went yes, and sat down. Right? Sure. You got one that one? Yeah. Sure, I wonder how. <laughs> Yeah. So for us out here that but, just yeah, I'm sorry. For us out here that have just the corny, you know, you know, uh, universal release. Like I want to do like a comp. Like, let's get you on and do like a, uh, okay. a supplemental one day. Okay. Because okay. again, I like I, I really I because there's a lot more. Like once it's in front of you, like it's like oh yeah. Let's, let's yeah. Do so hopefully I, we get you on. I have to give some some shout out to uh, Nigel Dreyer. Mm-hmm. He did King Kong Fantasia. It's about ten minutes, mm-hmm. like a little documentary thing and he said would you say something on on my project he says because no one's ever heard your real voice oh wow so i have your screams except my screams <laughs> yes <laughs> oh so did you read double line uh I, I think it was like um i don't know i can't yeah. remember it was like really short mm-hmm. uh so i recorded it and sent it to him and at g-fest he's going to show oh that. awesome yeah. Well, that shout out to that. Like, yeah. by the time you hear this, yeah, we should be rolling into G Fest pretty soon. Okay. So, uh, give so one, he's give very excited about that, and I'm excited that someone could hear my real voice. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, again, yeah. Uh, it, longest time, no one, you know, no one knew, no one knew until you pointed it out. So, and boy, did I point it out every chance <laughs> I get. It's like I hate that voice. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we. Definitely going to have you back on again. Okay. And thank you for you. you Again, I cannot just reaffirm how much this story has been awesome. And, I'm glad. I'm so uh, glad. I'm glad that uh, you, you gave us the time to sit down and talk about it and talk about Takarada and all of it. So thank you okay. once again. Oh, you're welcome. And my studio. Yeah. Uh, man, shout out to Tommy for hosting, too. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like he never gets the uh, he gets the yes. yeah. gets all the cool stuff yeah, while, you know, so. ahead of time. Yeah. So. And there you go, everyone. My God, what a hell of an interview. Uh, we're hoping to get Linda back on, uh, probably hopefully by the end of the summer, maybe sometime soon, uh, and get Jessica in there with her because Jessica loves Linda as well. She, you know, she's a big fan. And uh, we're, we, got, we were talking about doing some fun things. So I think we're going to have, uh, when she gets back into town, we're going to do some fun stuff. And um, hopefully that comes through. But... In the meantime, Jessica, where can the good people find us if uh, they like what they're listening to? Yes, you can find us everywhere podcasts can be found. Spotify, Apple, so many more. <laughs> yes, 
Pretty much, yeah. Well, I just say wherever you find better podcasts. And in the, in the time that we've been down, I have added us to just about every podcast feed that there is imaginable. Yes. So actually, if you do find a podcast feed where we're not on, feel free to message us. Yes, because please if we let were us to, know. Yes, we will drone on and on. But for the big ones, our app, Spotify and Apple. That's where a mm. lot of people will tend to find. We are also on Facebook uh, as the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. We are also having our own website, the Kaiju Kingdom yes. Where you will we'll upload the episodes. You should be able to download them from there. Uh, if you, uh, you can go straight there for our, uh, YouTube content as well. And, uh, all of our photos and stuff, especially considering we will be at G fest this summer. Uh, I think we can announce that. Uh, so we'll have a great photo gallery from that and uh, a couple more things, but yeah, if you just want to localize everything, uh, the pot, the website, the Kaiju kingdom podcast.com is the place to go. Uh, the 2.0 uh, version has just been launched, so kind of a shiny new look to it. And Twitter, uh, Twitter and Instagram, we're also on there. Jessica, uh, what are our handles on that? For uh, the Instagram, it is the Kaiju Kingdom podcast, and for Twitter, is also the Kaiju Kingdom. What? One, here's the thing. Yes. One of them actually is doesn't allow us with ca- character limitation. Mm-hmm. So you will still find us on both of them if you absolutely mm-hmm. look for us and find them from Facebook. We will be there roaming around uh, at G-Fest. And if we have anything amazing coming up, we will then announce it whenever we publicly can. Mm-hmm. However, but yes, we will be there. And also our YouTube has amazing in-person content so you can be mm-hmm. able to see our beautiful faces or the upper half of my face if it's an outdoor <laughs> event and i have a mask on then you can see the beauty yes. of my upper face <laughs> which is jessica's always like i just i always look a mess while as she's been dulled up to the nines she uh <laughs> it's always funny <laughs> i try to look alive i may love kaijus i don't know if i can go outside looking like one i've been doing it too long during you, the last you couple stand years next to me most of these things and i look like a giant yeti compared to you so oh no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so thanks again this has been a wonderful 100th episode thanks for sticking with us it's been nine years uh it'll be nine actually be nine full years in october which will be it's right around the corner uh, we have a lot of fun stuff lined up, um, and we are back full time. Like there's, there's not going to be a year gap in between episodes anymore. We are back full time. So hopefully if you've lapsed, we apologize because, well, that's, that's on us, but we are going to make it up to you. And if you're a new fan, Hey, thanks for, uh, checking us out. So until then, until next time for myself and. Jessica! Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time.